0: Are you ready to rewind?
1: <laughs> Take a nostalgia-filled ride back to a simpler time. It's acid wash memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And now, your hosts, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn.
2: Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 31 of Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. Today it's all about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. My name is Joe Mirada, joined by our very own Mikey, Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Hi. How- teenage Mutant
1: Hero Turtles. Yes, hero uh, if you're in the UK. The UK edition. Cowabunga, yeah. Michael. Cowabung- Cowabunga. You ready to kick some shell? cat blues.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Big Apple 3AM. Thank you guys so much for being with us here. For Acid Wash Memories, if this happens to be your first time around here, we have 30 other episodes available where, Quinn? In the archives. In the archives. That's right. You'll find something you like. It's a weekly slice of pop culture, and today we are... T- Talking all about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But before we do that, I want to remind you you can follow us on Dimension X at AWM Podcast. Seriously, it is. (laughs) Yeah, ha ha ha. You can also join our Facebook group, Acid Washed Memories on Facebook. If you have a Facebook account, you might want to talk to other like minded retro pop culture fans, and you can do that at Acid Washed Memories on Facebook. That's it for the particulars because Quinn, we got a lot of ground to cover today. Yep. And we don't want to do it at a turtle's pace. No. Uh Stop. So the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have been a part of the pop culture for nearly 40 years in some way, shape, or form. As most of us know, if you're of a certain age, they exploded in popularity in the late 1980s and maintained that well into the 90s. They did. And they had various resurgences throughout the decades that followed. Uh, We're talking, you know, the comics, the cartoons, movies, action figures, toys, video games, music, food. There There was even food. There was turtle food.
0: New Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus the Shredder with a new thicker sauce.
1: And it all started as a parody? Yeah, that, this is the weird part, right? <laughs> yes. It's like they weren't even, like, meant to be... Anything. Like, any, like anything, actually, <laughs> it, yeah. It was just a they funny just idea. idea. B.S.
2: It was just BS. But I guess before we get into the chronology here of the Teenage Mutant Ninja
1: Turtles, Quinn, I have a very important question for you. What is a sewer? Well, it's a place where all the water, the good and the bad goes down <laughs> once it's... Said and done. It goes through and it either goes away or it comes back. Well, actually, the sewer is where all the crappy, the end. Uh, Nothing good goes. It's the end game of the water. Is it a series of tubes? It is a series of tubes. Much like the internet. Yes. The internet is a sewer. Well, the turtles (laughs) lived in the internet. (laughs) There you go. Uh, It starts
2: with, as you guys probably know, or at least some of you, uh, a gentleman by the name of Peter Laird, who was born in 1954 up in Massachusetts. And he was an aspiring um, comic artist. And He had written for a comic gazette, for lack of a better term. Gazette. Gazette in the late 70s, early 80s, known as SCAT. And this is part of like the underground comic scene, kind of the new wave punk scene of comics, so to speak. And a younger gentleman by the name of Kevin Eastman saw the writing of Peter Laird in scat and he wrote a letter to him he said you know my name is Kevin Eastman I also want to be a comic book artist you know I my drawings and my stuff and Peter Laird says you know what why don't you come up uh, and visit me here in Northampton Massachusetts little tag team little tag team he winds up moving in with him for a period of time Kevin Eastman by the way was born in 1962, so he's about 2021 20, when this happens. Wow. He was born in Portland, Maine, so two New Englanders here.
1: I walked into his house in Northampton, and the first thing I saw was a Jack Kirby drawing. Oh my God, I'd never seen an actual Jack Kirby original, having been such a big inspiration to me. And that was pretty much it. We, we hit it off. So they decide, you know what, we're going to live together, we're going to write, and we're going to draw together kind of good to work together in an artistic sense because of that because they probably were just going all night in the mornings and you know all day just yeah. thinking of crap thinking of
2: ideas on yeah. stupid stuff yeah. you know how yeah. it is when you're working move on in for a couple
1: months we'll figure this shit Fuck out it, right,
2: right? Uh, and they were like well we need a name for what we're doing now mind you they're in peter laird's apartment right, right. so they're like well Let's call it Mirage Studios, because it's a mirage that we even have a studio oh, right. and a company. A, yeah, is this even real? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. In November of 1983, while this arrangement is going on, it was late at night. They're watching bad TV in their words, and Kevin Eastman draws, just because they're doodling around, a turtle standing on its hind legs, ah. wearing a bandana across its eyes, oh. and holding nunchucks. So late one night, after watching some bad TV, um, feeling really silly, I did this drawing of a turtle with uh, a mask on and nunchucks strapped to his arms to make Peter laugh. So then I had to do my own version of it. And Peter Laird sees that, and he thinks it's funny, so he draws his own version of that. And then Eastman's like, you know what? I'm going to draw three more of them. These are the Ninja Turtles, Kevin Eastman says. Okay. And Peter Laird gets the paper back, and he writes on top of it, Teenage Mutant.
1: Was well, it all organic here huh?
2: All organic just goofing around late at night.
1: I suggested, "Well, why not add Teenage Mutant to the name?" You know, it's kind of kind of rhythm to it.
2: Now, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they chose this and they ran with this because they found it to be funny and stupid.
1: Yeah. I just want to
2: be clear here that this was not like a light bulb going off like, oh, so, man.
1: Even when, there, when I was a kid, even by the late 80s, early 90s or whatever, I always felt it was understood that the name was a bit of a goof, right? Because it's a mouthful and it's, yeah. it's silly.
2: It's silly, right? Yeah. And it would inspire parodies later. Those of you listening maybe are not familiar with the comics or too much of the chronology, maybe you're only familiar with the 1990s movies or only the animated series, we are here not to cover literally every single iteration of the Turtles. This isn't a deep dive. It'd take way too long. There's a lot. Yeah, we're here to cover the timeline and hit some very important plot points as we go. Uh, But obviously, it started with this drawing of four Turtles, and they each had different weapons, and they drew a comic Hmm. based on these four Turtles, so... These guys have not actually ever made comic books together before. Yeah. Let's just bear that in mind. They're new. They're new. They're aspiring. And they do in black and white because it's very cheap to just sketch things in black and
1: white. Kind of like in Japan. That's what they do because it's cheap. It's very cheap.
2: And they actually, after putting this whole thing together sell about 3,000 copies. Really?
1: Yes. That early? Just off the streets like that. they That's hard to do back in the day. I mean, there is no internet. Like, they, No, you, no, you
2: got to get them in stores. You gotta,
1: yeah, you got to- Local stores. Gotta, all the local comic stores yeah. They say, hey, will you carry my comic?
2: Right. They had to borrow money even to print these. Uh, so they decide, you know what? They didn't plan on this, but once it sold, let's do a second issue. Okay. And for that, the stores that they were selling with- They got an advance order of 15,000 copies. Wow, okay. So a lot more than last time, right? Picking up steam here.
1: And very quickly, by the third or fourth issue of The Turtles, it was selling more than The Avengers in this store. So there is something going on.
2: I guess we should pause here and talk about what is in these comics. Who are these people, these creatures, these turtles? You mean
1: these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes, the Ninja
2: variety. Well, we all know... We mentioned nunchucks. That was the first turtle ever drawn, right? right? That would be Michelangelo. Or Mikey. Mikey.
0: Yes, friends! The new Turbo Gensu.
2: His brothers here are Leonardo, the leader.
0: I never said I was a great leader.
1: Donatello, the tech guy, and even in the comics. The engineer. The engineer. That, probably back in that day, they didn't say tech. The engineer. The engineer, the, yeah. yeah. The tinkerer. Yeah. Gilgan was her main man. They'd be married and have six kids by now and Raphael the hot-headed
2: tough guy one. Damn! Now, all of these turtles, as you probably know from either the series or from the books, they are named after, <laughs> of all things, Italian Renaissance artists. <laughs> uh, Leonardo da Vinci being the most obvious one, and Michelangelo being the... Maybe semi obvious one for most people, and that's Michelangelo right. di Lodovico Brunarati Simoni. Okay. Uh, Donatello, named after Donato di Nicolo di Beto Bardi. Right. Okay. You with me here? Yeah, I'm sort <laughs> of Just writing all this down. Yeah, that,
1: that's what I remember their names being.
2: <laughs> and Raphael, of course, named after Raffaello Sanzio da Urbino. Okay. So now you know their names. Neat. The reason they're teenage is because they're, you know, they're 13 or they're, 14 or 15. Yeah.
1: The reason they are mutant, however, big deal. There's a backstory. So the ooze. Yes, the ooze. The we, ooze. Now, they, they didn't really, like, they touch on it in the origin, but then there's, like, deeper stuff later on about yeah. this ooze. <laughs> we find out a lot more about the ooze, but right.
2: basically they were mutated by this experimental ooze that fell into a sewer. It
1: fell into the garbage, yeah.
2: Yes, and they were collected by these four turtles by a rat. Of course, yes. who was also became just happened mutated. to be there? <laughs> yeah,
1: well, sewer rat. Well, the rat then. was next to the turtles, right? Because they showed it in the movie. It's it's a very good explanation of all this, oh, right? Definitely. Like Splinter's there, but he's like you know he's in rat form, but yes. he's a, he's a little older. Yes. I always wondered they're like Splinter's older or whatever, but what does that actually mean in terms of a rat? Like a year old? Like eleven? Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> how like, old is he? Yeah.
2: <laughs> but Splinter, see, he was the uh, the pet rat at one point of Hamato Yoshi, who right. was a, a Japanese ninja. So he finds the turtles, the baby turtles crawling in the goo, and then he raises them and teaches them ninjutsu, and he becomes known as Master Splintered.
0: All fathers care for their
2: sons. So we talked about the parody aspect. What Eastman Alert were doing was pulling elements from like Daredevil, yeah. uh, where there's like a mutation thing. The master in Daredevil is stick. That's why this is Splinter. Ah. There's a few different references that you See, can do. See, I look didn't know up, that folks. part. Yeah.
1: But I mean, I feel like in general, being ninjas or whatever in the 80s like yes. ninjas were the hot shit. Like Absolutely. everyone wanted ninja cartoon ninjas, live action ninjas, yeah. uh video game ninjas. There was ninjas everywhere. Absolutely. Right? So they, this was like the hottest thing going was the ninja thing. So it kind of makes sense as a lampoon that oh, yeah. what they would they would ninja would be in the name, right?
2: It was basically an obvious pastiche of a few different things across the genres of right. pop culture and in this format here. Uh so you have the four turtles and you get to learn a bit about their personalities in the comics, the first uh, two issues. You have Master Splinter. Mm-hmm. You have April O'Neil, who I want to mention here before we get on with the chronology. In the comics, she was a scientist. Whoops. Or a lab they, assistant. They that. Yeah, she was not yeah. a, a news reporter. Am I behind on my Sony payments again? <laughs> you have Casey Jones, a vigilante who was introduced in the comics. You know, a little uh, primateen might just help to clear that up. You have the arch-villain, of course. You every... Hero needs a villain. Yes. Every rose has its thorn also.
1: What is it, Shredder? It's the Shredder. Okay, the Shredder is still around. Uh, Oroku Saki, yes. Yes, the rival of Hamato Yoshi. Yes. Now I will
0: finish what I began with your ear.
2: And there was also, in the comics, I want to mention this because there's people that are into this, Quinn. This is not explored in the movies and things, but there was also Shredder's older brother, Oroku Nagi. And in the comics, Hamato Yoshi killed Oroku Nagi and that's why the Shredder, Oroku Saki, wanted to kill. is seeking vengeance. Right. That's only in the comics. I see. Now, those of you that know anything about the comics, even on a cursory level, probably know at least two important things. Number one, it is much darker. Yes. Much more violent than the movie, even the first movie, or the definitely the animated series ever
1: was. Now, can I ask a question because I'm not the comic reader sure. or whatever. But, like, we are here to educate. Is it darker in a sense of like lampoon darkness, more like Mortal Kombat, for example? Kind of. It's like a little over the top in a way, in in, in the violence way.
2: You know, that's a great question, Quinn, because I want to point this out here because we can't do every single plot element in order because the comics have their own things and the movies do. So, in the first issue, the first ever comic, Shredder is killed. Donatello knocks him off the roof, <laughs> yeah, similar we'd, we'd, to what we yeah, would,
1: what we would see later. What we would see
2: later, but it turns out that he was able to get resurrected for issue two. Remember, they didn't plan on having an issue two. Right?
1: They, this is it. This is a little story here. So right. they
2: bring him back, and you know what happens to him this time? Leonardo decapitates him. Whoa! Now he's like really dead.
1: Yeah, yeah. very de- extremely the, dead. Extremely dead. The most dead. <laughs> like. But that's it, even yeah. that the chopping his head off. That's like some again mortal combat. Well, exactly. That's like that's like that kind of humor in, so a, in answer, a sense, gory right? Humor, gory humor, yeah. yeah,
2: black humor, like
1: way over the top, right? Like, like stupid.
2: So to answer your question, yeah, it's it's darker in tone. It's darker and it's over the top violence. And that's one thing. It's not like Michelangelo is still the lighthearted one, but right. he is not what we would later think of with Michelangelo. Raph is more of an asshole. Yeah, Leonardo is more of like, I am the leader. Donatello is more of a nerd. Yeah, he's just kind of doing his thing. In yeah. The, corner. the other important thing that most of you guys might know from the comics is that they're all wearing red yes. bandanas.
1: And this would get endlessly confuse the shit out of me because- right also later in the cartoon there's like episodes where their colors are all fucked up well, or yeah. whatever so I <laughs> thought we'll, get to. I, well my kid brain knowing this like faint information that they originally all had read when right. I was watching the show I thought did they rip this from the comic or like <laughs> did like it get messed up or right. something like you know <laughs> so guess what this is this stays
2: successful and Eastman and Laird are now very busy people because people are starting to buy this and they're into it and it even starts what was termed as the black and white movement of the mid 80s in terms of comic which didn't last long until yeah. like 86, 87. Was, oh, is it
1: like a, a big push of like more lower budget dark yeah. comics? And they now they're getting popular so they're not even like... So they're not long, underground or they're anymore. They're not really underground at all. So right. what's which, the point? Which is but, ironic
2: because of the sewers. Yeah. Under, anyway, right. um, subterranean. Stop! So, they are contacted by a gentleman named Mark Friedman of his brand new company, Surge Licensing, in 1986. Okay, so they're only at this a couple years. The issue, the first issue is released in 84. Yeah. And in 86, maybe April 86, I'm not really yeah, sure. possibly. <laughs> uh, they are contacted by Mark Friedman, and he wants to represent Eastman and Laird and the Turtles. Okay. Basically with the pitch that, I'm going to get you guys toys made we're, of this. We're going to
1: make this a big deal, basically. We're going to
2: make this a money-making machine. And they're like, Fine. We yeah. didn't expect any of this. We're just so doing sure. this in our apartment.
1: Money? Please. Maybe we can get a bigger place. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like.
2: A real studio. Yeah. Which they did, of course. And they hired people, anchors and letters right. and whatever. Uh, so Mark Friedman shops around and he finally gets a deal based on the comic. Because there's nothing else out yet, you realize, yeah. right? Except this like rubber Raphael or one of the turtles that he was taking around with him to demonstrate. Just like, like this is
1: what they are. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I'm leaving Northampton in my rented car, and I've got this four-foot turtle next to me. He finally gets a deal with the toy company Playmates worth $150,000. That's it? That's it.
1: Considering what these things would sell, that feels like a ripoff. Big
2: ripoff. So Playmates, let's talk about them for a second here so you guys have a little background. They were uh, originally a Hong Kong company founded in 1966. Originally, as a manufacturer for other toy makers, they would actually run the assembly line and make the toys, but they didn't own them or distribute them. They made them. They didn't market under their own name until 1975 and then opened their first U.S. location in Boston in 77. So they're relatively new in the U.S. by 86. Right. And they went public in 84. So they were doing well. So here's their deal, Playmates. They're like, okay, we're interested. We want to make figures of this. We get it, but we have to make some changes first and foremost to marketing this because it's a little dark for kids. Right. Second of all, kids need to know what this is. We need a way to introduce these characters. We do need that. To the kids, because how would they, why are they just going to buy it if it's not tied into something? I don't know. So they're like, well, why don't you do an animated series? Eastman and Laird are like, okay. Yeah. So they get in contact with Fred Wolf Films. Fred Wolf. The and Wolfster. You might not <laughs> the Woofter. Uh, you might not know this guy's name, but he was responsible for the production of a show you might have heard of called The Flintstones. Oh, that! Yeah, in the sixties, yeah, very popular, very niche show. Yeah. yeah, Puff the Magic Dragon. Yes, remember that? Uh, he would later go on to do Alvin and the Chipmunks, the late eighties series. James Bond Junior.
1: You no, know, it's funny. The animation style, actually. Now, now you're saying all these names. Similar, it's similar-ish, similar, ish. Yeah.
2: Uh, and another one, one of your favorites, going at least a the theme song, DuckTales, he would go on Woo-hoo. to. Yep. Fred Wolf says, I got just the guy to write this animated series for you. I'm into it. We'll make it happen. I'll figure this out. Chuck Lorre. Oh. Now, you might know Chuck Lorre from, what, Two and a Half Men and Big Bang and all this. You can make it big much later. Much later. But Chuck Lorre was busy. So he's like, well, I know a guy, and his name is David Wise. Not the Chips guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can check out that episode in the archives. Yeah. David Wise had done, see he's got credentials, listen to this, He-Man okay. animated, Transformers
1: animated series, The Smurfs as a writer. Just these alone, I mean- That's that, cred. Well, it's cred, but it's also like, again, it says a lot about how the Turtles were represented in animation. A, yeah. a lot of the look of this show looks a lot, and look and feel and stories and blah, blah, blah. It's exactly like these other shows.
2: Yeah, no, it has a lot in common with a lot of the shows from the time. Yeah, right, yeah. Definitely, 100%. So David Wise is commissioned to write a five-part miniseries that would serve as a pilot to see, A, if it'll get picked up, but also to get these on the air, give the kids five episodes to see, and get into the characters, right? So meanwhile, back during the toy development, Playmates want some changes, right? So some changes are made individual bandana colors for the turtles are established. You have to do that. Because, I mean,
1: like, all the turtles are the same damn thing. uh, Like, what's the point? Right,
2: Right, exactly. So we've got Donatello in the purple, Right. Leonardo in the blue, Michelangelo in the orange, and Raphael retains the red. Okay. And that's how they became those classic colors that we know this did. That was due to playmates. It was not Eastman and Laird's initial
1: idea. I feel like in, in, in story, you could say that Raphael was, like, too grumpy to give up his color. I'm like, not doing it. Yeah, yeah. it's like, you just wear my bandana, man. Why,
2: why am I Ray
1: Romano? Yeah. But
2: why? Because I am the grown-up, and that's how it is. Now, where's my cookie? We're out of here. And obviously, Playmates and Fred Wolf and Eastman and Laird, they're all aware that we need to really lighten the tone of this thing. Right. This cannot... no, no more decapitation <laughs> yeah, we, we around here. We can't have that uh, here. <laughs> this is a kid series. Uh, so, David Wise writes the thing, and he has... I don't want to say free reign, because he doesn't have free reign. Eastman and Laird are still the founders and creators right. and everything here. But he has a lot of liberty to develop certain character traits that didn't previously exist in the comics, such as Raphael with, like, a, a sarcastic... He he was the grumpy one, but he wasn't necessarily the Raphael from the cartoon. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Briss quippy.
1: This sure is a weird place to hold a birthday party. But then again, there are probably people who feel the same way about a sewer.
2: Michelangelo's love of surf culture and pizza is totally an animated serious thing.
1: Hey
0: dudes, I brought you a special treat in honor of a totally special day!
1: That's a good thing. That, oh, yeah. That really, like, that's one of the biggest memories for most people is how Michelangelo was, right? The
2: kid-friendly character, right? right. Probably, What's up, dudes? <laughs> hey, dude. Probably everyone's first favorite turtle, even if you move yeah, later. Yeah, as
1: soon as you turn on the show, I mean, the first guy that stands out is Michelangelo, yeah, right? The You're pizza like one. The pizza guy.
2: Yeah, he just wants to have fun. He doesn't really want to fight. Yeah. He's like, I'll you know, do it if I have to. It's funny because
1: when I was a kid, I immediately, like, I think when I first, first saw the turtles. Yeah. I was like, well, Michelangelo is definitely the leader. He's just like the coolest one of them all, right? <laughs> it's like, what, why would who cares about the other ones, yeah, right? It's
2: big Dorky Leo, as yeah. we all know.
1: I don't know, but I'm going to stick around just in case.
2: He is such a cramp
1: He stinks. Sometimes. I don't like him. <laughs> He's
2: very crampy. Yeah. Anyway, during the toy development, those changes were established, and some other tweaks were made, such as making April O'Neil uh, become a reporter. Wearing her, Which I uh, feel
1: like it's genius, this reporter thing, because they, they use that to link the turtles like, into the like the rest of the world. Yep. It's I, very good, yeah, I actually. think that's a good
2: idea.
0: April O'Neil, happy hour news. Back to you, Jeff.
1: Another thing to do is they
2: add another nemesis to go hand-in-hand with Shredder. So, in the animated show, Shredder is Oroku Saki, and he hates Hamato Yoshi. Right. However, Hamato Yoshi... <laughs> became Splinter also with the goo. Remember? Yeah, yeah. With the ooze. That's only in the cartoon where he turned into a rat. He was yes. like mutated with a rat. That's a purely animated thing. That's not. Very confusing. It's not in the rest of the canon.
1: Now, though, Shredder now, you were saying a yes. second villain, right? Yes, yes. So they make Shredder sort of, he's a goon for another person. Yes. But at the same time, he's also kind of like the head goon. I don't know how to There's, describe okay. more. It's like a it's like a deal with the devil kind of yes. thing. Like he's like I'll Great make an alliance with like the, the the other guy here, right?
2: So there is a um, <laughs> there is a brain essentially. That's what he is. Yes, he's like a brain with like little brainer. Well, he's hang. from Dimension X. Yes, well, he's from Dimension X, and uh, they hang out in the Technodrome. This is important, right? His name is Krang. Krang.
1: Sucky my old shred.
2: You wouldn't be shredding anything if it worked for me.
1: Krang is like the Lord and Master or something of Dimension X. Yes. And he's come and he's gonna take over Earth Realm or whatever, yes. right?
2: So this is the, the, the delineating point here that I want everyone to pay attention to. Shredder's only purpose here is I hate the fucking
1: turtles and Splinter. Krang is like, I wanna take over the world. The turtles are just in my way. Right, and he's like, well, I know that Shredder guy hates them, and he's the only one capable of like taking them on, yes. so I'm going to... Put my horse behind Shredder, right? Yes. that's kind of what it is.
2: So there's always the power struggle, and they bicker, and as yeah. the series goes on, they become like an old married couple. It's fun. They don't even like each other, this really. This
1: shit would happen <laughs> in like Power Rangers 2 with like Rita and Zed. And it's Zed, like yeah. it's like the same thing. It is funny, like, though. It's like the same where they're just like kind of like they're in their like lair, and they're always like, "Yeah, we should do this." And you "I stay. don't think so." Fuck you, Craig Yeah, you it's know? like it's all that crap. <laughs>
0: You are going to have it all. Instead, you have Zip. Look who's
1: talking. You don't even have hands to fix your equipment.
2: There's also two very notable villains that are added and that would be Bebop and Rocksteady. Yes, the uh, head, the head goons for Shredder. Yes, uh, a warthog and a rhinoceros uh, right. respectively. And they But are, they were once punk rockers or something. Yeah, they were mutated yeah. as well. Yeah. And they are comic relief for the most part. Like yes. they're they're viewed as imposing but inept.
0: Look at that thing. Looks just like one of your old girlfriends only prettier. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Again, in Power Rangers terms, they're like Goldar. In they're almost like bulk and skull too. They're bulk and skull, but they're also Goldar. But Goldar also remember there was that he's weird. It was a weird <laughs> bird thing with the with the eye thing. The, don't the, bring
2: that the, up. He's like, like, I don't know. Like they're I'm also the, if you watch wrestling, they're also the nasty boys. Yeah,
1: they're, they're definitely the nasty <laughs> right. boys. Like absolutely <laughs> nasty
2: And Roxanne are the heel nasty boys. Yeah from like ninety one. Yeah. So anyway, there's a lot of other details about the cartoon. We're gonna talk more about it. But it debuts, remember five parts. Uh, December fourteenth, nineteen eighty-seven, just before the holiday season, and it was a huge hit. Now uh, the the voices, I want to say this uh, again. There's ten s- friggin' seasons of the animated series. We're not covering every season, not by way any too stretch. much episode. We, we have movies to talk about and video what games. At least
1: seasons like thirty-six episodes, You know, like this is back then too. Right. Well, I'll, I'll get into that. Yeah. yeah. No, there's
2: there's points like, where it's way more. too many episodes. Yeah.
1: The voice cast
2: actually is really really good here. In their own way, they added to the feel of the characters. The surfer accent for Michelangelo came about from the voice. Uh, Townsend Coleman, I believe it is. Leonardo is like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> That's Cam Clark. Uh, Donatello is like, I'm Urkel or
1: whatever, yeah. you know. Well, it's a good thing April left the turtle come open. Now we can track her down.
2: The only thing about Raph is because I'm so used to the first two movies.
1: It's got like a New York accent.
2: Yeah, come on, Leo. Yeah. yeah cartoon Raph going back, he's like,
1: I don't know. And he just sounds like doofy. You know what was the problem with his voice and that? I had a hard time I didn't understand that Raphael they're like Raphael's rude like in the opening or whatever yeah, like it, they would say that was, but he didn't come off that way. I know, he's not really mean or he's anything. He's not mean but when we did the live action it's like oh he's like the way that the, <laughs> that one line says in the song <laughs> it's right. True. It's like and you're like oh I guess this is how he is. Yeah like, an asshole.
2: Yeah. And obviously we need to mention the wonderful dearly departed James Avery. This
1: was this to me is always one of the most amazing fact so yep. Uncle Phil yep. himself is Shredder he
2: is the voice of Shredder for, for the most part you yeah. know throughout the life I know of the there's show. like some switch there's some, some switches later I am a Roku Saki better known as Shredder and what a classic voice for Shredder! Oh my
1: god, he's so like villain of the week. Not even like it, like it, the way he just does that, like the snickering and the <laughs> yeah, yeah, like just the just all the bullshit. I believe he monster said, of the month, like whatever you want to call him. I believe uh,
2: James Avery said that he decided he was going to play it like he was in a Shakespeare play.
1: That's exactly the, how it works. Yeah, and he he's is so, way over the top. And he is
2: so talented, James Avery. And it yeah. just it's. Perfect. It's almost over the top and Shakespearean in that sense. The same way I would do this, I would go, Mislike me, not for my
1: complexion. The shadow of the burnished sun to whom I am a neighbor and (laughs) nearborn.
0: Killers!
1: (laughs) That's quite a brain you've
2: got, Craig. So, about this animated series, right? These first five are extremely well animated, there's a rich
1: detail. Now these came on tape too, so yes. I remember watching them all together. And I was, and it was a huge like deal. Way better than the rest of the show. Yeah. like a lot better. Huge
2: budget, uh, great animation studio. They really look good. It's well written because again, David Wise. I yeah, mean, there's an
1: actual arc.
2: Yeah, yeah. Beautiful stuff. The figures come out right after this, and immediately sell out. These heroes on the
0: half shell are now in the top twenty best selling toys in the country.
1: As someone living during this time, I mean, they were just the figures, man. Like Let's this, talk about them. It, this was like a status symbol. Like you had to have the figures, man. I had like, turtles. I had them. I mean, I who had, amongst us didn't? I had tons of them. I had vehicles. I had the sewer. Did you have the sewer? Someone did. I had did, the right? sewer. You did. I did have the sewer. Did you? Have that the- was like my crowning achievement that I was able to get the sewer for Christmas one year. It was like That's big deal, man. I, probably cost like twenty bucks. But like, back then, yeah, maybe thirty. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, like whoa, he got the sewer. <laughs> he must be rich, right? Now like,
2: <laughs> we did. If you want more figure talk, folks, we do have a figure episode available the archives yeah uh, but yeah i mean these were huge uh, from the get-go from like day one when they came out and the initial series is very small it's the four turtles it's april it's a foot
1: soldier it's shredder it's yep. uh bebop i had april and foot soldier shredder bebop and Rocksteady. that's it all,
2: i had all those and i think maybe casey and that's it yeah or splinter and that's it's 10 it's 10 figures and they would come out like more than once a year, a new series. Eventually, they run out of like characters that they've. So they just do variations yeah. so, and themes. You know what's
1: interesting is like the Turtle basic figures. Yes. And correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but were there. You know, not the ones that are like, wearing trench coats and football outfits. I'm just talking about like just the turtles, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. Standard issue, the, like the one you have on the wall, right? Like I that's do. first edition, right?
2: That's a replica. That's a remake of the first edition. Okay. Yes. Donatello folks. I
1: seem to remember that there was like multiple versions of the basic turtles to the point where like I didn't even know yes, if, there were. if my four that I had were like a hodgepodge of like different. Versions are, or something like.
2: Not to get too into the nerd here, but yes, there are rubber head variants
1: or soft head variants. I of, had I had one of those, but it was. I also had like all plastic ones. Were just the plastic ones. Was that all the same edition? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I just wanted because they look slightly different. Yeah, all there is. Them. There is also I want to mention this. Not in
2: the cartoon, they're all the same shade of green in the cartoon. Right, but the
1: figures. That's the fi- what I
2: mean. The figures. There's a. Donatello is almost a brownish green. Right. Raph is the bright green, like from the cartoon. Michelangelo's was I remember him being very bright, very green. like hunter green. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Leo is like a balanced green. That's unique, I think, to the figures, and I think some later comics okay. that carried over, or vice versa. But they had some kind of variations to them. Correct in the color, just to differentiate them. You know, for the oh, c- that's definitely the so kids. they don't look. D- they all look different yeah they, like absolutely 100% and folks we want to hear your turtle figure stories and maybe you read the comic you're going. I want to hear from you guys that might have literally read the comic when it was newish you know we want to hear that you Now
1: I remember my crowning achievement yeah. with all of my figures go ahead like because I remember I couldn't find this figure forever as a kid and it felt like it was missing it was April
2: which uh w- which one did you get the, the one all that had yellow? the orange boots oh, with orange. which I,
1: always pissed me off because I'm like that's not what she wears <laughs> But it was like the only one you could get. There's also one with like blue on it or something. Yeah. I never understood that. But like it was only because all the other figures, everyone's like a monster basically. And like April's like the only human. Well, other than Casey Jones figure, but. I never had him. I had him. Look at you. But the, you know, again, the downer about the Casey Jones figure was is you couldn't take the mask off. It was just oh, like. couldn't? It was just his face. Hardwired? The, yeah, it was just like on him. <laughs> I like, did
2: not know that. I yeah, never had it was him. like
1: you couldn't. I
2: think you couldn't. No, I don't think you could. I think you're right.
1: I think, or maybe it was a later version where there was like the mask was detached because maybe that's, what I'm, maybe from the movie versions or right. whatever. But like, I swear you couldn't take the mask off. I think of you them.
2: might be right. I, I don't yeah. know though. I had um Android Crane, the Crane, <laughs> the full house kid. Yeah. Android Krang, the giant one with the brain that
1: comes out. So I out. only had a Krang that was like normal size, and I don't even know how I got that. The Android one, though? No, he was... Well, yeah, yeah, the, but he wasn't like... It wasn't extra big or anything. Was
2: it just like the regular size, but it was the body of Krang? Yes. That came out like ninety
1: three. What is that? No why, one knew why. That, why did that appear I on know. my toolbox? <laughs> like it was like, what is this?
2: So <laughs> without spending too much time. It's like time he stunk. <laughs> like it was like
1: shredders bigger than
2: him. I know, yeah, that was a bad figure. Without spending too much time on the figures, we just wanted to at least mention them. They were insanely popular from when they came out. And I would say until about ninety three.
1: I would say the sheer variety is what made them. There was so yeah. many. There were like every monster there ever was on the show, they had one. And that was on
2: purpose. Yeah. Like they it would was, write characters into the show. Every so episode there was a and vice versa. thing,
1: and but eventually they make it to the figures. Yeah, like whether right? it's like
2: Slash or Metalhead, Chrome yeah.
1: Rat King, Leatherhead. There's like a million of them. It's amazing. Scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. Isn't there even a version? of Baxter Stockman. That's yes. like the human one but also the fly one. Like that I you think could get they a were separate. One.
2: Like yeah. I think there's a mutating one. There's definitely a fly one. Is there a standalone human one? There that's what I'm saying. Is. There probably, there is, probably is, is, right? Yeah. It's like
1: cuz they just the thing was is these things were so popular that they would just make a figure of like any stupid thing. I'm surprised there was Was there a figure of like the news people or whatever? There was like Vern, the, Vern Vern and the, and the boss Irma. man. Like and
2: Burns, I think. Yeah. yeah, I definitely had the Vernon Irma. Don't ask me why. I, <laughs> I just did not have Vernon Irma. Don't worry about yeah. it. Because uh, what is their use, right? <laughs> it's
1: like April's the damsel in distress. She's got to get kidnapped by Shredder so then you can have your turtles like make a plan and like go get her, right? Yeah, and like, get in the turtle van or but something. But I don't care about Verma. No one whatever. cares about
2: Verma. Quinn. Yeah, <laughs> Verma. <laughs> just combining names. Yeah. Now. yeah. Uh, anyway, more on the figures maybe later, but. Meanwhile, during all of this, so this is 88 now. The animated series is a hit, that five-parter. We got figures. Mirage is still doing the comic series. Mm -hmm. Now, again, we can't mention all the plot lines. Let me just put it this way. The original Mirage comics, which went until like 2014, they have all different characters that you would never see in movies or anything. All different things happen that are not... Ever recognized in any of the other media,
1: but the comics again were like more risque, right? More, yeah, yeah, more yeah.
2: grittier. Yeah, uh, so that's their own comic canon. That's yeah. their own universe. But there is a new one that popped up in eighty-eight, done by Archie Comics, a kid-friendly one based on the animated so this series. This one's more
1: connected to the animated, correct? Yes,
2: it initially was directly based on the plots from right. the animated.
1: It's funny with comics. I feel like the good thing about comics is they're not bound. To, like, well, if they're not going to do this show anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the comics can, like, live
2: on, right? Exactly. And the Archie ones actually lasted seven years until 95. Yeah.
1: had a good run, you know? it was after... I feel like Turtles truly, like, the popularity kind of peaked by after, like, 91. 91, 92. Yeah, Yeah, there was, like, not much Turtles after that. I'm with you on that.
2: So, meanwhile, in the midst of all of this... Obviously, we need to have more episodes of this animated series. Right. I mean,
1: it's a hit. Right. figures are selling. Everyone's watching the show. Yep.
2: So they do. I believe it's another 13 for season two. This is syndicated, by the way. And then what happens is uh, they want to get up to 65 episodes. Why do they want to do that? Because if they have 65,
1: they can rerun it already in syndication. Yep. So for season, this was a pattern with cartoons back then. Yeah, there'd just be tons of crap episodes. (laughs) It's like April lost her cat, and we're gonna find it. It's true. It's like shit like that.
2: So for season three, you know what they do? They order forty-seven episodes so they can get to sixty-five. <laughs> That's
1: obscene That's for like one. Yeah. So here's what had to happen. What's the exact number? Let's it's way too much, right. but let's do it. Right. If you've ever watched the Turtles, folks, you notice
2: that like there there's some of these episodes where the animation looks shittier.
1: Yeah, it's like crap. Where
2: nothing happens, where there's some different guy voicing Donatello and, yeah. and Bebop, and you're like, Who is this? Yeah.
1: Hey, you can always have a black olive pizza with green olive topping. Where it's not Uncle
2: Phil as Shredder, right? Yeah. Why won't this dimensional
0: portal generator work?
2: I DON'T KNOW! Where their faces look weird, (laughs) it's because they had to shop this, now, to have multiple animation studios
1: simultaneously working on this. We don't care how we get it done, we just gotta get it done. Just
2: get the episodes out, just shit them out. Who gives a shit what happens, right? (laughs) The quality be damned. Yeah. Right? And that's what it was. So that's why you had all these mistakes that people point to. The wrong voice, the wrong color. The
1: one with the wrong color thing was like the most... It felt like it happened way too often. It did in this season, yes. Yeah, there was like this point where I felt like it always happened. I thought that I was seeing shit. I was like, is this... I didn't really know until we started talking about this years later that, like, somebody else noticed it. Oh, yeah. I was like, what is this? Like, that is that, like, did I see that? Like, did that happen? Happened a lot in the it, season. It, like, scarred my brain as a <laughs> kid. I'm like, why are they all wearing red? Like, what's happening? Yeah, why
2: is Donatella using Michelangelo's voice? You know, yeah. stuff like that. It's because they were rushing their asses off. Because these things took weeks, weeks to make one. Yeah. And now they got to do 47 of them for a season. Mm -hmm. They take weeks. Think about the math there.
1: 47 times like seven weeks. Oh, if you just throw enough manpower at it, I guess guess we'll get through it, right? They
2: did. They did, but the quality suffered. Meanwhile, there's a lot of meanwhiles here because there's a lot of media. In June of 1989 in North America, May in Japan, we have the first ever. Turtles video game for a home console.
1: Yeah. Teenage- now, this is just another complete different thing off the product line that yes. also was huge. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're out of the sewers and available where Ultra games are sold.
2: This was released by Konami under the Ultra banner. because yeah. licensing- We have too many games this year. We can't. Yep. Nintendo
1: says, like, hey, you can't. <laughs> don't do that. Nintendo Seal of Quality. Two things about this game I want to mention.
2: They're all wearing red bandanas Mm -hmm. on the cover, which I never got as a kid. I was like, what do they mess up? The other thing about this game is it's fucking hard. It's
1: hard as shit. And people hate this, but I don't... Here's another thing. I don't mind it. You want to hear another weird detail? This is an actual memory of this game, right? Go ahead, Michael. Because my friend had it on PC in the 90s, like on a DOS computer, right? Makes sense. But it had this, like, copyright protection, the old kind, where here is a book and there's a code and it's only like, it's in red letters, but the rest of the codes in in black letters and it's all black and and, and there's only the red letters or the code you're supposed to enter. And, but all the letters are jumbled and you have to (laughs) and like, imagine two children trying to (laughs) figure, figure out how to get this game to turn on just so we could play the turtles. (laughs) And on top of it, you have parents because it's, Freaking 1990. Right. Nobody knows about yeah v- computers. <laughs> right. So like we, it was like this big mystery. We were like, how do we get it on? Like it's so funny. Well, We don't understand the code thing. Like what do we do? And nobody's helping us because it's like, oh, that's a video game. That's for kids. Right. Yeah. Just give them the manual. They'll figure it out. Right. <laughs> and I just remember this memory of spending an entire afternoon before we realized that we had to enter the code in the book to get it to go on.
2: That's funny. Yeah. I never heard that story from yeah. you. Uh
1: the game the
2: NES game not well loved by turtles fans or NES fans. Yeah, the
1: first one's no good I it's don't like. It's very it. hard.
2: Yeah. However, in October of that same year, 89, Konami released to the arcades the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade game. Now
1: this yes. this shit was the real deal, man. This is an up to four player beat em up. Oh my goodness. This game is I awesome. remember seeing this in the arcade. Yep. And I couldn't believe it. Because here's the thing. This game, because it was so bright and colorful and the turtles are very, the animated. are very basic mm-hmm. from an from a animation perspective. They're pretty basic. It looked like the cartoon, like on the screen, and you were controlling them. I'm yeah. like, how did they even do this? Like, uh, right. this is amazing, right? It, it really was, right. And they like they're they're swinging their weapons around, and there's fire and all this shit, right?
2: To this day, that is a beloved arcade
1: game. It's fantastic. It, it really is. Now, it's not the best arcade game, no. but the first one, it just hit the spot. After playing that, I was like. I just want more of this, right? Like this, this is it, man. I agree It was like, I can be any turtle I want and we can fight the Shredder and like all this bullshit's happening around us. And it was very bright, very loud, very colorful. Awesome game. Well
2: regarded. Uh, And they even ported it to uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade
1: game in 1990. Right, to distinguish it from that other crusty one. (laughs) Like that it was like a, it wasn't an RPG. It was like this no, weird, like. But it had an overworld yeah. map and stuff. It wasn't as fun. It's that style of license game where like 17 different play styles are happening in it. Like, yeah. Like, you know, like how the Back, Back to, the to the Future, future. Yeah, is like another example it's one of that. Of those. Yeah.
2: So, in the midst of this boon in popularity, I mean, we're talking, we got toys selling like hotcakes. We've got an animated series making way too many episodes. We've got food tie-ins beginning here. We've got video games. We've even got them on DOS. Yeah, uh, we've got them in the, the DOS arcade version. <laughs>
1: the DOS Why version. is that the one that we got? I don't know.
2: <laughs> it's only inevitable that the silver screen is not too far behind. Yes, but. We're going to have to wait just a second here because we've got to take a break. We've got to go, obviously, heat up our Turtles uh, macaroni and cheese yes. and, you know, have a snack. <sighs> we
1: have Turtles things to do. Have some
2: pizza, maybe. Yeah. Uh, one way or another, folks, why don't you take a break yourself? Listen to some vintage ads here, some retro goodness in the break. But we will be back for the second half here of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles chronology when more Acid Wash Memories returns right after this. All the they the in this day and age, who could
0: ask for more? The crime wave is high, with buggings mysterious. All police and detectives are furious, because they can't find the source Teenage mutant Ninja Turtles will return after these messages.
2: Ultras improved your favorite arcade game. First, we added two new levels then packed it with bigger, stronger enemies and a ton of extra foot soldiers. Next, we've punched up the action with knockout new attack moves and crime-fighting scenes like the Ninja Castle. If that doesn't swell your shell, we made one more small adjustment. Introducing the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game, today's biggest hit, for your NES. Free personal pan pizza coupon from Pizza Hut in every box.
0: Think of quietly. The are about to ambush the turtle's sewer princess. But thanks to the turtle's
1: periscope, it's no surprise. Take cover. The are attacking with their sewer ball. Watch out, turtles, or you'll wind up in the recovery room. Oh, no. retro mood is a news. The Shredder's up to his old trick. And speaking of going up, the turtles are taking the elevator to street level to make a call on Shredder using their private line. Reach out and crush someone.
0: Teenage Ninja Turtles. From Playmates. Now Wendy's is cooking up a big cheeseburger that's really special with three strips of bacon, sautéed onions, and lots of fresh toppings. Introducing Wendy's new quarter pound cheeseburger with bacon, sautéed onions, and the works. It has everything but a name. I got it. Dave's Deluxe. Come in now and try Dave's Deluxe with bacon, sautéed onions, plus the works. But hurry, it won't be around long. got some stuff you just gotta try what is it Pot. you know marijuana oh well i don't know what
1: you, chicken ba, 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 ba. joey's in a jam what should he do Ooh. get a pizza excellent let's see if joey's that smart ba, ba. i'm not chicken you're a turkey get real joey's the door don't even talk to him cowabunga
0: pork rind Pork crime
2: and now we return to more acid-washed memories. Hey, dudes! Welcome hey, back. We're back. Acid-washed memories here, episode thirty-one. We are talking all about the turtles. Quinn, I like turtles. Oh, you do? No. I do. I do. Yeah, you know it's that?
1: actually like from another turtles movie premiere when yes, that kid I know said it that. Is. Yeah, the
2: other day, actually. Yeah. Believe it or not. Uh, so. Thank you guys for being with us here again. Follow us on Dimension X at AWM Podcast on Twitter. At least Twitter's
1: stupid fake name <laughs> works in our favor this week. That's right? a good
2: point. Yes, and also join our Facebook group. And hey, if you don't mind leaving us a review, at the end of this when you're done listening, or maybe pause it now and do it, or do it while you're listening. We'd appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever, wherever it is you get yeah. your podcast. It,
1: it helps if you get them on X. Yeah, if you get them on X, whatever yeah.
2: you got to do here. X.com now. X foot. We were talking about how the Turtles were insanely popular by the late 80s, early 90s. Right. And it's just crazy when you think about how this all started with just like goofy drawing and semi parody In an apartment, in an watching apartment. shitty TV. Yeah. It's really yeah, it's the, a worldwide phenomenon. It's really the American dream if you yeah. think about it. It's lovely. It really is. Uh, in mid-1988, development started on a movie because like we said before the break, that was inevitable. And of course, when you think Ninja Turtles, when you think of the genesis of a movie treatment, We, of course, have to start with Leo Gallagher.
1: I did not come here tonight to make you laugh. I came here to sell you something. I want you to pay particular attention yes Gallagher I was hoping you would bring this up because this is a funny thing to me right I first heard about this when one of our friends who's an, a comedian and yes. he performs sometimes he was at a show where Gallagher was also performing yes. right I don't know he opened for him or something right Gallagher and, opened for him maybe yeah <laughs> and so anyway he was talking to Gallagher backstage and Gallagher is sorry like, to hear that hey this did you like yeah I I like made Ninja Turtles the movie happen or something. And, it, and I, when he was telling me the story, I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. This didn't happen. But he was involved. He ac- he absolutely was involved yes. with this movie. Yeah, he was. That is a bizarre, and not in it, No, like no, as no. a performer, just like as one of the driving forces of it getting made. He really
2: is in a tangential kind of way. He actually yep. really is because his road manager, a guy by the name of Gary Proper, he was the one that noticed these Turtles comics and Gallagher, I guess, you know, was in his ear about doing something about it and there was at one point a pitch to have a bunch of, um, I guess, middle-brow or low-brow comedians at the time start, like Sam Kennison and Billy Crystal
1: In the movie?
2: To like, to, to do a version where it's like four comedians of the era, right? Oh. That never happened. But anyway, Gallagher and Gary properly, well, I'm gonna do something. Now, Gallagher kind of exits the story after that point, but he
1: was important. But it's funny that on the road he's telling other comedians, yeah. hey, I, you know, tur- it
2: was me. Yeah, like, and he's like, they never paid me. It's like, well, you didn't do anything. You just <laughs> knew the guy. Yeah, I forget who- our
1: friend's story about it, but it was it was really funny. Yeah, it's one of those things that I'll never forget. The time he first told, I remember where I was sitting and like, I was like, <laughs> I can't even believe this is a true. It, it sounded so wild and out of nowhere and it was something that i never knew about the, to the sledge-o-matic f- guy yeah like Pennell. i'm like wait gallagher <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. what <laughs> there is like, a bit of involvement yeah though. yeah it's real uh, but gary proper gallagher's manager he was really the driving force uh, after that and he teamed up with gallagher's producer kim dawson and a screenwriter a comedian by the name of bobby herbeck they shopped it around
1: everywhere and they got nowhere Huh. Nobody wanted to make this movie. I mean, this on its face sounds like a really stupid idea for a movie, right? Now, why how does, are we going to get uh, mutant well, okay, ninja fair. turtles on the screen and not animated, right? I, like th- this, fair point. This sounds insane in 1980, whatever. 88. You know, also
2: when you think about it, comic-based movies were at an all-time low around that time. Howard the Duck and, uh, and Superman Batman would come along very yeah, right
1: soon. After, it was probably in production, right? After,
2: right? Yeah. yeah. But Superman four. Yeah. So they were kind of taking a dip. Maybe a lot of studios would see it as a gamble and and, oh that's just kids shit. We can't even do it. But also just the
1: practicality of like what this is. It was It's turtles. Because one of the big things about this movie is Somebody else's involvement and making oh, yeah. it actually happen. Oh yeah, right? that's a huge deal. That it was seemingly the obstacle with a turtle's movie was like how live? How are how do you going to practically like, do this? How are you going to do this?
2: You got to remember, right. folks. In 1988, nineteen eighty-eight, eighty-nine, there's no. Level of CGI the way there is today. I mean, there was because of
1: Star Wars, but it wasn't at the level where they could like do an entire movie with pre four characters, four characters like going like it's not like it is now where they can just do that on a fucking computer program. Yeah, Uh, you know, I make
2: it for you. Yeah. Uh, So Golden Harvest finally agrees to produce the movie. They'll they'll take it on in 1988, and the director named for this is Steve Barron, who is maybe a name unfamiliar to most people, but he was actually. Responsible for many, but I'm going to give you two acclaimed music videos of the 80s. Okay. Take on Me by Aha. Ah, which is T- a technical marvel. The Rotoscoping, yep. And. Billy Jean by Michael Jackson. Hmm. So Steve Barron, an English uh, English Irish maybe both uh, director. Is that allowed? Can you be both? You can be both, right? Yeah, of course. Oh, I think he was. Uh, he was named as the director here, and he took the shit very seriously. Yeah, he put his pa- he for an unproven commodity in live action form, right? By Golden Harvest, not a major. He really put his heart and soul into the directorial duties. Well, here. because
1: like I said, I think the draw for adults to this movie it had to have been, was the technical marvel of it. Right? It yeah. really, really was a big deal when it came out, as right. far as like, th- like, how did they do this? Like right? If, as like, If you're a Joe dad in 1990,
2: yeah. and you're taking your kid to see this. Well, even the
1: trailers, right, they showed right. them. It doesn't look cheap. Right, you're it, like, it, what? It, this looks like a like Disney quality yeah. effects, yeah. like right.
2: It is really high level for, especially for its time. But even now, I think it holds up. It does
1: even now. Because well, uh, the first one, a lot of the grittiness hides a lot of the problems, which would later there'd be like bright lit scenes fair. in the later ones, and they look like shit. Fair, fair. Right? fair. Uh,
2: there was one problem though. We got a director. We got a Golden Harvest, right? The script stunk. (laughs) So they brought in someone to do a rewrite on the script. Uh, His name was Todd Langan. He had actually written for a a show that you like and I like, and we've talked about, known as The Wonder Years. Lovely show. He (laughs) wrote for The Wonder Years. So we get the script fixed, but now we have to figure out the technical aspect of this. And may I say, what a coup! that Jim Henson agreed to use the creature shop and come yep. up with the anthropomorphic turtles here and do all the puppetry and get all that shit straight, and his son, Brian Henson, yes. as well. And as it happens, and as we now report, all this clever stuff was done in North London at Jim Henson's creature shop.
1: Cool, feel, uh, yeah, This is what made it possible. Because at that point, once you have Jim Henson involved, I don't think... Maybe the only other kind of person that could get this done is like George Lucas or something. Back then I mean. Yeah, or maybe like, Spielberg. Like I'm saying like Star um I know Skywalker what you're saying. Ranch Studios or whatever. Like maybe they're like the only ones who could achieve something like this. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Or maybe Industrial Light and Magic. But, but like, well, that's that's also
2: Lucas. So yeah. But Jim Henson is instant credibility. Right. Because of the Muppets. Because yeah. of Sesame. And actually to me, Triangle this actually
1: Rock. fits of the two you know, high tech kind of companies of the time. Mm -hmm. This is more in the Henson wheelhouse than it is in the Star Wars kind of people's wheelhouse. Oh, I would 100%. It's puppetry.
2: Yeah. In in high level puppetry, but it's still puppetry. Right. And he was an expert in that. Right. And so it was just the creature shop in general and everyone that worked there knew what the hell they were doing. (laughs) Because I mean,
1: boy, oh boy. These turtle costumes are incredible. It's so impressive. Like, it's so impressive to this day to me. To this day, I totally agree with you. Almost 35 years later Mm -hmm.
2: when these were made. We'll talk more about the movie. By the way, I want to mention something. Quinn and I did a review of this movie uh, about three years ago. I may, it's not on this podcast feed. I may put it onto this podcast feed. It does fit this podcast feed. It, It may come right after this, like at some point after this episode is released and before next week's. Look for the Turtles review sandwiched in between because I think it's a good time to put it out. Sure. On this feed here. It is Aswash Memories related. But anyway, this movie, which again we've talked about in, in great detail, we're gonna talk about it a little bit, but yeah, it holds up. Yeah. That, that's the biggest thing I can say. I it's
1: mean It's because the story is simple. Yeah. Right? It properly does the exposition on first of all, what the hell are the turtles. Mm-hmm. I love the scene where it flashes back to them being like regular turtles and yeah. regular Splinter, and then the goo falls on them, <laughs> yeah, the and go- like, <laughs> and it's like it's even filmed in like a grainier thing, so it looks like it's old or something. Yeah, I think it was
2: shot on thirty-five millimeters. Funny, 16 right? Millimeter. Like that
1: part looks totally different from the rest of the movie. It's cool. And like Splinter explains to, and April's like, it's perfect too because April's like knocked out, and he's explaining this to her, and it's almost dreamlike. Yep. Like, and it's it's just well done, right? It's extremely well done. And like done. to me. That gave more exposition on what the fuck the turtles are than even the cartoon did. Right. right. I was like, I felt like I, I knew the history of turtles after that scene.
2: And allow me to mention, too, here, that for the most part, the movie is actually based on the comic. Right. Uh, and the first two issues in particular. Well,
1: other than but, the uh, the, well, the the bandanas. are. <laughs> so the traits that it does pick yeah. up
2: from the cartoon are the bandanas and the personalities a little bit. Uh, Michelangelo with the pizza in particular. Yeah. Raphael, and the surfer accent. And the surfer accent. Raphael is a grumpy asshole like he is in the comics. Right. And Donnie is very tinkery in the yeah. movies, you know, but not over the top like he is in that. And boy,
1: I built us a boat out yeah. of weed or yeah, whatever. like I, <laughs> I The only thing that one thing that was interesting about the movie, because I don't remember this in the animated. And like I said, I don't have I have a limited knowledge of the comic comics. book. There's some sub relationship between Michelangelo and Donatello, like they're closer or something.
2: Yeah, they're like, close, and Raph and uh, Leo are often
1: at odds. They're at odds That's but in they, the comics. Yeah, but they're at, they're at odds, but they actually love each other more. They hate each other because they love each other. Yeah. Like because well,
2: Raph in the comics, especially, is always challenging Leo's leadership position.
1: Right. It's like a. It's like a, They're rivals in a good sense, right? Yes. Because they they challenge each other, yes. like. Hey, I, we should go left. No, we should go right. Yeah. Right? Like, that. it's that.
2: Mikey and Donnie, and in the comics too, they're more portrayed as they don't really care as much about the fighting. Yeah. They're just there to have a good time and, like, tinker around. Yeah. And that's They have their to, own interests.
1: Yeah. Like, that are not being ninjas. Right. Like, <laughs> like, Raph's
2: just an unhappy kid. Like, he doesn't like any of this bullshit. Yeah. And he just takes it out on Leo. And Leo's you know, like, we have to do everything right. Do you Master did a, Splinter. Uh,
1: just on the side here. I, I always Splinter. get it. When I look back at it, I get a Splinter. sense that Raph- is like I want to be a real boy yeah, right like he yes. like like he's, he's got that pinocchio. he's got that fucking pinocchio factor like that shit <laughs> where he goes to the movie theater in disguise <laughs> and he just wants to be a regular ass person yes. like and he do- and he hates he hates that he's like a turtle like in a sense, right? Like, Michelangelo
2: loves it, right? But Raphael hates being a turtle. He hates
1: it. Like he just wants to be a normal ass person. Does right? that make Splinter, Geppetto? Yeah, I think it I don't, it's amazing. But like, I I just put that together while we were talking about this, and I'm like, he's fucking Pinocchio is Raphael. <laughs> like, he, like that, if, if they could grant his wish, is that the muta- He could be mutated with a person and right. then be more of a human. He would love that. Yeah, a Jose Canseco bat. Tell me. You didn't pay money for this. Let's uh, briefly talk more about
2: the movie here and then we'll move yeah. on to what else there is in the 90s. Uh, so it was filmed in the spring and the summer of 89. Hate to break it to anyone who is under the illusion it was all filmed in New York City, but most of it is shot in North Carolina. Although there are obvious shots in New York. You can right. tell by
1: looking well, at it. Well, the North Carolina part is definitely when they go to April's grandma's house or whatever the shit that yeah. is. <laughs> the, it, the and it's all like fucking boring. Yeah. <laughs> that
2: is North Carolina. Yeah. A lot of the the New York City streets the scenes are on a back lot in North Carolina. Right. April's apartment, North Carolina. But there are some location shots in New York City. Anyway, New Line Cinema agrees to distribute the movie and thus on March 30th, 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is released to theaters.
0: Awesome! <laughs> Righteous! Varsanova! Nova.
2: Nova? and i want to talk quickly about some of the casting because i think that the voice cast perfect is this, it's this, fantastic the, the cast in this is great I, <laughs> I want to mention Corey feldman as donatello is amazing it's good i love yeah. the voice the guy robbie wrist who was cousin oliver on the brady bunch uh, is michelangelo and he's fantastic
1: yeah michelangelo is spot on they pick it's it exactly up exactly what you would like yep i couldn't even as a child i could not even distinguish between michelangelo and the cartoon and the and the live action. Yeah, I Rob- was like, it was like he came right out of the cartoon. He's right there. The
2: way Robbie Wrist pulled that off yeah. is awesome. Raphael is done by Josh Pice, and he is, inc- He is to me, I know there's been others, the definitive Raphael.
1: Oh, hell yeah. He's, he's incredible. Way be- like we said, he's way better than the cartoon one. Yeah. Cricket? Nobody understands cricket. You got to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. And then Brian Tochi
2: does Leonardo and he is he does a good job because it just it perfectly captures Leonardo. Yes, Master Splinter. Yeah. I must be good. Kind kind of boring and talks like this, yeah. right? Uh, Kevin Clash, who had done the voice of Elmo as you guys know. Uh, he was the voice of Splinter, and again, a great vocalization the of Splinter, Splinter. This,
1: this to me was even better than the Splinter in the cartoon, like one hundred percent. The one in the cartoon's a little hokey to me. It's just whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, okay, but it's like the one in the the one in the movie is that Splinter. To me. That's Splinter.
0: I have tried to channel your anger, Raphael,
2: but more remains. The guy that does um. Shredder's voice because it's you know I think it's David McSharon
1: now this isn't the same guy from 2 is it because babies it's the same guy <laughs> they're babies same, yeah. same voice yeah. only effort discipline
0: loyalty earn the right to wear the dragon doji
2: excellent voice yeah it's a, it's a bit like James Avery Shredder yeah but it's also more or like gruff. real life yeah, yeah, not as, <laughs> yeah. like
1: it's not like that not as cartoony crying, yeah. or whatever yeah. you know yeah. the
2: inflection but there's also human characters, and uh, in particular, April O'Neil by
1: Judith Hogue. Yes, She's perfect. incredible! She's very good in this. Big fan of Hogue. Yeah. I love Hogue. Ju- Judith Hogue is very good in this.
2: Oh my god, I'm dead. I'm dead! It's okay! Oh no, I'm dreaming. I must be dreaming. Okay, um, now those guys in the black pajamas, they jumped me. And, and that rat, I saw you in the
1: parking lot, that explains you!
2: Casey Jones is portrayed by Elias Koteas, you want a fist in the mouth? Mm-mm. I've never even looked at another guy before.
0: <laughs> what he means is that you're afraid of enclosed areas.
1: I love that character. Yeah, the in Casey the... Jones in the movie, way better than the show. He
2: stinks in the cartoon. He's, he's just that... nothing. Like He's, he's like, crap. sometimes
1: there, whatever. <laughs> he's, he's crap. Suddenly, I'm like, I remember seeing this. And I, again, as an avid watcher of the show, I was like, why do I care about Casey Jones suddenly? Right. Like, he's awesome. Right. <laughs> I was actually pissed when he's, like, not really in the yeah, second he, movie. He's they, not in They, him they, they mention all. him. He's, like, on vacation. Or, I don't know what they say, but it's, like... <laughs> they don't say they that. They say he... They, no. There is, like, brief exposition. They say exposition. That in the third Or they say the third one, yes. oh, I was out of town while you did that <laughs> shit some... against, like, at the Mutant Factory or whatever they did. <laughs>
2: You're it, just ad-libbing and I like it. Yeah. <laughs> You're just pulling shit out of your ass.
1: I know it's said, though, in, like, one of these. Movies. the third, they yeah. say okay. it, yes, it they, the do, yeah. they do,
2: they do. He doesn't say Mutant Factory, but... Uh, no, listen. I'm talking <laughs>
1: whatever they did at the... F- remember when the f- I know the, what that you factory mean. with the Kino and everything? <laughs> <laughs> like
2: The Kino, yes. Yeah. Okay. Where
1: they make the Mutant, dude. <laughs> I,
2: I know, TGRI. Yeah. We're getting there. TGRI, yes. <laughs> yes. Folks, uh, if you want a detailed breakdown of the first movie, and we mean detailed breakdown. Oh, yeah. Our review of that is like two plus hours.
1: Needless to say, it's good. <laughs> the movie
2: yeah. or our review? both both it's coming to this feed i've made my decision it'll be on this yeah. feed very shortly okay you know the ending Shutter falls off the roof right into a garbage truck oops and yeah. then he gets crushed aha uh-huh. made a funny yeah like, cowabunga cowabunga
0: 13.5
2: million dollar budget this was made on And it made over two hundred and twenty million dollars worldwide.
1: And honestly, I know (laughs) that I know that like on paper that's amazing or whatever. That is not surprising because oh my god, the mania! This was one of the first movies I saw as a kid. It was everywhere. Yeah, like I was young, but even I I was like aware of like what a big deal this thing was, right? It was like this. This it was like one of the biggest movies of the year. It was actually the ninth highest in nineteen ninety. It, it showed. I mean... the, the and Independent, technically. Yeah. New line. Um, it didn't feel independent, though, because the Turtles had such a presence right. on television, especially if you were a kid. This felt like the biggest movie of the year, right? Oh, as a kid, yeah. I yeah. Mean, again, I didn't get to see it in the theater, but I remember it being out. Yeah. You know, I just didn't see Better it Bigger than the Home theater. Alone to me as a kid. Ooh, that's tough. I know. Home Alone was big, but that's I mean... That's tough. The Ninja Turtles I know, on film on, on
2: film what? on the big screen. Yeah. It took the critics by surprise, not that it got glowing reviews, I don't want to misstate this, but it got fairly positive reviews across the board because yeah. they're like, wow, this isn't just cartoony kid shit because you got to remember the parents and the older, you know, the squares, man, all they knew of the turtles and the zeitgeist guys of their this children point, were watching. which is the animated and all yeah. oh, that corny kid shit, right?
1: I am sure many adults took their kids to see this but surprisingly enjoyed it. (laughs) Like, right. It was like, because this movie has a fondness. It's so different from the following movies too. It's very much like this is a movie, right. And the other ones are just like, they could have just been straight to VHS. This is a commercial, you know,
2: this movie. and, And I'm not by any means, um, a cinemaphile, is that a word? I just it sounds yeah. about right, like an audio yeah. cinema file. But you said um,
1: you said glowing things about what you think of like the cinematography of this movie. I think and, the like,
2: cinematography is yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I think that this movie, in its own universe and vacuum, I don't mean across all movies ever, in
1: its own genre and place and time is a masterpiece in its own right. And I know you said this too, because I think this is such a a um, spot on that we should bring up. It perfectly captures its time period. Oh yeah, the right? end of the ki- especially the kids smoking and playing yep. narc and shit like, then skateboarding and stuff. Regular or menthol, yeah, regular or menthol. Danny just, yeah.
2: Danny existing seems like a Believe kid it or from not, that people, time. This
1: is how I remember the New York area in general. <laughs> oh yeah, <I> remember <laughs> like that they time, too. they they captured that. They, they got did. that. They, they were c- really there filming yeah, it.
2: Yeah. for some of it. What a fantastic movie! Again. The review, if you want more info on it, will be coming soon to this feed. Got to mention, though, that this was followed up by, a um, naturally, a, a musical, the Coming Out of Their Shells Tour. <sighs> when there's
0: music inside of you, someday you know that it's got to come through. That's why we're here, we're telling the truth, we're coming
1: out of our shells. This sucked so much ass, I hated it. <gasps> It's where the turtles play. Shredder
2: doesn't like rock and roll. Yeah.
1: So The, t- the only thing that came out of it was the song <laughs> that ended up being in the game. Yeah, yeah. Like, so yeah I, like, I don't know the name. I know it. the
2: Pizza power. Stop. Pizza power. Okay. But yeah, like Shredder's like, I don't like rock and roll music. The voices are all bad.
1: Foot soldiers, faster. Let's make the turtles into Raffy. Yeah, we- right? Like that—that that was clearly like they were c- cashing in because that was a thing. Raffy. I got taken to see Raffy around this time, and I would have much preferred to go see the turtles do this crap. The phraseology there, Quinn. Taken to see Raffy. Yes. Not.
2: I wanted to see Raffy. Right? I didn't know who the hell
1: Raffy was. I was just—they're like, hey, we're going to the show. And I'm sitting there. I remember as a child being taken to see Raffy with no "Who is Raffy?" Right? right? It's like, "Who is he?" What is a Raffy? Suddenly, there was a Raffy tape in our house, and this is Raffy. What?
2: You're gonna watch it. You're gonna like it. Yeah.
1: By 1990, 1990- was <laughs> forced on us, man. I think it was forced on a whole generation. Yeah. <laughs> By
2: 1991, the animated series was still going strong, uh, as we mentioned. Not the high quality that that pilot five they never achieved that yeah. level again and another thing about the animated series is in 1991 it moved out of syndication and onto columbia broadcasting systems interesting cbs so cbs if you remember watching it there that would be why which
1: if you're cbs that was probably a coup cuz that yeah. show
2: very popular still again, don't get me wrong
1: i did not know one kid of my age group that did was not whatever it was 3 or 4 o'clock or whenever it came on yes, you know I after remember school, that it was yeah, like, I, we're watching turtles now I like, watched it it uh, was appointment television right I, I had some tapes too Yeah. i was into it
2: hey kids there's another turtle edition of outrageous fun waiting for you on video cassette from family home entertainment in march of 1991 1 year after uh, the first teenage Mutant ninja turtles movie we were graced with Turtles in Time in the arcades, a video game.
1: Amazing! Now t- it just and it, it, it had pizza power
2: in it. By the way, it did. Now Turtles in Time, folks, is the sequel to the first arcade yes. game. Also a four-player beat 'em up, but in my opinion, a, better. Just across the it board, adds better. So
1: much more colorful, right? more colorful, more enemies, more, more levels. yeah. So the, the 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 premise is that each level past the first uh three so the first three is kind of like a build-up right to the mm-hmm. time traveling so you you got um big apple 3a eh, yes like whatever they say alley cap blues alley Cat blues and and technodrome
2: right Is that the first three i don't remember the arcade at sewer surfing i thought
1: right? oh right you have sewer surfing then you end up at the technodrome was right? that super but, but i don't know is sewer what, surfing in the arcade might only be it in is super in Nintendo. the arcade okay it absolutely is and it's and way the better too. Yes, uh, but anyway, so okay, first four levels, right? Because the other ones a bonus. That's why I don't technically count it. Right. Anywho, you yes. get past the Technodrome, and Shredder's like, bahaha, ha, like I am good in like, Turtle Soup, in Turtle Soup, <laughs> and then you you fall into like a TV, and then you're <laughs> then prehistoric turtle soric, and now you have to like fight your way like out through all these time periods, like chasing yeah. Shredder's goons, like that's through right. time. It's awesome, it,
2: dude. It's a great game. <laughs>
1: And then it all culminates where you fight actual Shredder on the Statue of Liberty because he took it at the beginning. Yeah, remember? Right. I'm April O'Neil. I'm here. Like she's like talking in the arcade, but not. The arcade had voice. I <laughs> know. It was fantastic. You're so very you, happy. So you fight Shredder, kick his ass, he falls off the thing, you win, blah blah blah. Yes. And it's an amazing video game. It's just unbelievable. It,
2: it's yeah. one of my favorite video games of all time. Yeah. Uh, was ported to the Super Nintendo in July of '92, and in December of 92 to the Genesis
1: as Hyperstone Heist, which we... This difference? I don't... Genesis just had a we. Why did they get... Why did they do that? It's the most Genesis <laughs> thing possible. This is what's crazy about this game, is the arcade one and the Super one. Like, the Super one is considered, like, one of the best games on the system, yeah, I know. right? Like, by some people, it is. Yeah. Like, it's that good? And, like, the Genesis version is just... Eh like whatever it's what, fine it's got tatsu i guess it like, does have tatsu which we didn't even mention him uh, the, well yeah because again we're not here to do like a whole right overview I mean, of everything I'll, to me that's the biggest deal about that one. it has tatsu hyperstonia yeah, yeah it does have tatsu but other not, than that it's it's just it, it's just a
2: worse version
1: yeah if you played the super nintendo one you're like this stinks in, yeah in comparison right if you
2: only play the genesis one you're like oh this is a good game
1: but not only that; it's that they try to like dress it up like it's different, but it's not. It just changed like two elements, right? Hyperstone shrinks things,
2: I so know. Shredder shrinks the Statue of Liberty. Is it's, it? It's just dumb. It is. just
1: <laughs> I, I hate that. Like that, it's different for the sake of just because it was on Genesis, even though it's like not even like really adding anything. Like, no. it's not like a sequel, no. right? But it, it it pretends to be. I yeah. think that's the problem. But it's right? really
2: the same levels, kind of in a different order, and yeah. it's weirder. Yeah. Uh, But also, obviously, in March of 91, we got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. uh, The
1: sequel to the first movie one year later. And this is where we go to TGRI. Oh, we go there. Yeah.
2: Now, this movie, (laughs) I'm going to uh, be very kind for a second. When I saw this one as a kid, I think I saw this one first and then immediately saw the, the first one. I really really liked this movie. I liked it at the time, too. I'm not going to lie. But I want to stress one point. We were five. Yeah. It's... When I look back on this movie and have rewatched it as an adult in my adult age, I do not like this movie that much, Quinn. Right. The second film.
1: <laughs> Secrets of Ooze Not It's so... This one's hard, Right. I think it maybe it's just because three is just one of the worst things ever made. Yes, this do, this feels this feels competent at least, okay, right? I like, give you that. like okay, like, I'll be like fair. let's I'll be, be fair. fair to this
2: one. Okay, well, well, let's be fair in this sense. There's still New York location shots. There's still in New York. Um, uh, the director is not. It's Michael Pressman, some nobody, yeah. but you have Paige Turco as April, which is kind of a. She, I don't like her, but she's also good. I just yeah. don't like her as much as Judith. She's a
1: really good apartment though in that movie.
2: Unrealistically good.
1: It's it's insanely good, right? It's like wow, she must have got a big raise after that. <laughs> well, remember Charles? Yeah, like, tra- after Charles, who we who we never see again. Sad. Yeah, he was a good man. He was trying to. We be had a all good that dad. backstory with Danny and shit, and we just get none of Nothing. it. They don't exist. They give you the old Italian salute on that yeah. one.
0: Joining me on the final day of their cleanup efforts is Techno Global Research Industries spokesman Professor Jordan Perry.
2: I will say this: it's coherent. It's just corny.
1: Yeah, it's not a badly made movie by any stretch. I think stretch. what's weird about that movie is the first half. It feels kind of fucking awesome, right? It feels like a continuation. Yeah, the, and then once the Token and Razor show up it and it, dumb. it, it starts to entering Muppet Land, and it's like, yeah. but like not in the good like Muppets. I love the Muppets, but it's not in a good way. It's like it's overtly like wow, look at all this shit that we're doing, right? Waka, 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 waka. Yeah, it's like a little too goofy. You know, that's a great
2: point. And one day, folks, I want to do, Quinn and I both want to do, and I'm sure you want us to, a full review of the second and third yeah. movies. Do you one remember day. the
1: beginning of this movie? It I, actually I, starts I like, with the
2: same grit for the most part. It's
1: great, right? You're right. Like, yeah, You're right. It's, a little, it's a little shinier because the Turtles have some prestige now. Like yeah. like I said, April's Apartment, Nicer. Kino, yep. and all the, like, yeah, Kino, some new characters.
2: Instead of Casey, we have Kino. Yeah, Kay-
1: That's because Casey's on vacation or whatever. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. Monster Factory.
1: Yeah. Come on, where's the turtles? Who's this guy fighting the bad guys? We don't want him. We want the turtles.
2: You know it's also good, though? Much of the voice cast was retained. Not all of them. Splinter, the yeah. puppetry is still great for Splinter, and it's still Kevin
1: Clark. And the shoots aren't, like, they're downgraded, but they're not... They're still good enough. I think they... Because they're still Jim Henson. Yeah. I
2: think what it was is they just tried to make them friendlier looking.
1: Yeah. They, they, they brighten everything up.
2: They brighten like there's a greener.
1: Gl- there is a gloss to yes. this, right? Like, it's like, let's take the first one that everyone loved, right? But let's, let, we got budget let's now, right? It like, let's shine it all up, yeah. right? They're a little greener, a little friendlier. They find that new turtle zone that's like an abandoned train station or whatever. Yeah, I like that. That, that shit was cool. That pastiche city hall station. That is like the halfway point when they find the, when yeah. they find the, when they find the new turtle zone or whatever and yeah. it's like we have this fucking dope by the just can we just say the discovery of that thing it's amazing I like, like that I remember there's like this glorious music and they're like oh <gasps> like and it's like and then
2: power yeah
1: the power in <laughs> the the stained glass and all this shit yep. I'm like what a fucking dope ass apartment yep. right I was like this is awesome it's dope yeah uh-huh
2: Donatello's voice is different. Corey Feldman, I believe, was in rehab. Uh, Adam Carl does his voice. Yeah. And totally different characterization, but I don't hate it.
1: You know, maybe <laughs> maybe that ugly crack was a little bit out of line,
2: huh? <laughs> Leonardo's the same. Michelangelo's the same. Raphael, some people might not realize this. Raphael sounds damn near identical.
1: This is stupid. We got the foot up there with the and we're down here playing Century 21. Uh, Raph! Come on, Leo. Even you could think of something better to do than this. I already have. It's
2: not the same guy really. from the first one. It is yeah. uh, Lori Faso. And he does such a good imitation that I didn't know for years that it was a different person. Yeah. Shredder, same voice, different guy in the suit. Now, Shredder comes back from the garbage dump yeah. at the beginning.
1: So he comes it, back. His hand comes in the thing.
2: And, and you could bear he's in the shadows, right? And this, I never liked this. I didn't like this. When you see him in the shadows where he's like, oh, I challenge or whatever, right? Because Tatsu's like, yeah, I'm in charge. Yeah. You can see the smooth helmet before he sharpened it. And you can see that he's wearing like the red shredder suit still. But then like he changes into the purple suit and he looks junkier for the rest of the movie. <sighs> even he's though he's spiky helmet. Even though
1: he just came out of the junkyard or whatever, yeah. the garbage dump. <laughs>
2: and he's a buffoon in the
1: second movie. He's not as threatening. He doesn't fight at all, if you'll notice. Well, the- his master plan, right, is like, I'm still, uh, you know, no matter what happens, I'm a fucking human. I can't beat these humans, right? Point. It's yeah. like uh, it's the a foot it's, can. it's not a fair fight, right? right. We so, just
2: we haven't even mentioned the foot until literally now. Yeah, sorry, the foot.
1: That's a parody of the hand from yeah. Daredevil. I'm sorry, I, there you go. Sorry, but anyway, well, sorry, I can't send <laughs> other humans to fight them because even I proved that. Right. like, I'm also a human. I can't. They're they're like I always envision personally that the turtles. They look pretty jacked, right? But also they're mutants, so they're probably like abnormally strong. I would like, think you know so. what I mean? Like it's like just not fair at right, all, I would right? Think, yeah. So like, Shredder's master plan is: what if I got mutants of my own and yeah. they work for me? Evil right? mutants. Evil mutants. And so. that's the big snapping turtle dog. Right?
2: <laughs> no wolf, wolf. Wolf dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah whatever. Snapping turtle <laughs> baby. <laughs> yeah. He's such so, a dork. in So that movie, yeah. Though.
1: No. Well, that's the that's what goes wrong, right? so he gets. He gets the dog and the snapping turtle, right? (laughs) And he's like, aha, like I figured it all. Like they're fucked. Like these guys are big badasses, right? And then they're like children. Yes. Right? Because they're not because the turtles, had, they had to grow up too. Yes. right? it was like Splinter had to, and Shredder just wants it all right away. Well, also, so he doesn't realize he's got to raise them to be evil. Didn't Doctor
2: Perry or whatever his name is also like fuck with the mutation? Because remember he was forced to do it. Isn't it applied? Yeah, David Warner, David like, Warner, like who's yeah. in other things. He's usually a villain. Yeah.
0: All walking, talking turtles. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, the guy's PhD material, all right. <laughs>
2: This movie, by the way, has one of our favorite little quotes.
0: Look, Uh it's Raph. (gasps) Yeah, a little too Raph. You guys, knock it off.
2: One of the things, too, I guess, that's very notable about this is that due to complaints or concerns from parents and advertisers and blah, 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 after the first movie's high level of violence, the Turtles... Barely, and I mean barely, use their weapons in this movie. Yeah. Michelangelo More uses- hand-to-hand in this one. Yeah. Michelangelo uses, like, sausage links instead of nunchucks. Yeah.
1: Donatello very- That b- mall scene is fun as hell, though. I guess. It's kind of dumb. It's a good way to open. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was great. <laughs> Chief Stearns makes a cameo in this Does one. Does he? Yeah. Oh but, yeah. He's in it for like two seconds. I remember. It's like this shit again or yeah, whatever. You know, like, yeah. like when
2: Token Razor destroy like this. It's
1: like that's. F- <laughs> he reminds me of the mayor from Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's like the same thing. Yeah. Ah, fuck it. Ah, go, fuck. go, send the turtles to <laughs> kick his ass. Right? Yeah. Uh,
2: but the weaponry and the violence is more cartoonish and more over the top. And uh, obviously, no Casey, no uh, Hogue. Yeah, yeah, vacation. Kevin Nash as Super Shredder. That was it. End. That was awesome. That's so fun. The,
1: I'll say this. There's a point in this movie, like I said, up to the apartment, it's good, right? Then there's all this, like, hokey bullshit. Yes. Like, just a lot of hokey bullshit. Them at the dumpster yard and all this nonsense, right? They, well, they end the up in a tri- Vanilla Ice concert. That's the most memorable, and not yeah. for a good reason, yeah. but... Now there's a Turtles Go Ninja Go Ninja Go song. It, like, all this shit In sucks. the middle of, like, a serious, like, fight scene and shit. Right. So, the coolest fucking shit yes, right go ahead is at the end when shredder is like he seems to be out of it right he fell in the water or whatever <laughs> happened to him right yes and then he comes super out of, shredder. all of a sudden the movie stops being stupid gets <laughs> awesome and serious and it's like oh shit like and it, he turns into super shredder but it's only for like a hot second and then the thing collapses because he's like too powerful or whatever yeah, he knocks it down but i always thought Oh shit, they just barely like dodged like Yeah, they had to jump into the water and be turtles. Like they barely dodged a bullet here. Like if he got them, they would have been fucking dead, right? Just like the first time. Like, right? Like he had their Shredder had their number, right? Little turtle ass. Right? But just gravity happened essentially, (laughs) like, or like weight, whatever happened, right?
2: Gravity is a good way to put it. Shredder,
0: you gotta listen to reason. You're gonna destroy us all! So
1: I f- was for freaking sure that this was like a setup for the third movie, right? Like that, like we got just a little itty bitty taste of super shredder. And like, that's what, that's the true that enemy. They're going to have to
2: contend with like a right? mutant
1: shredder. Right. Interesting.
2: We'll have to see what the third movie was yeah. again, Folks, not a detailed plot breakdown here f2 we're just giving you overviews giving you points and one day I want to review this in yeah. full and we will review this in full
1: and no joke I was I was starting to become a really nerdy kid at this time I must have watched the end of the second one like a million times to see if I could like find like if he like got out or something like I was like there has to be like evidence you would like because super shredder to me he was he he took my imagination right yeah like, when I was a kid back then and I was like really like taken aback by this character. I was like, "Wow, what a cool idea." It is. It yeah. is a cool
2: idea. Yeah. Totally. I loved it as a kid.
1: Again, two mixed bag, right? It's yeah. good. it's good enough though.
2: It's good enough for kids. And yeah. you know, as an adult, I don't like it as nearly as much as the first. No. Uh it made money. $25 million budget, uh, gross 79 million, so it made money. Uh some great
1: uh rubber action figures were released in these the movie were line. Awesome. I loved those. I had those. one of these and these were these were like the be- they like the one that I had, I wish I had the rest cuz I so felt they I, I were don't. so much better quality than the originals. Oh god, they looked like they were right out of the movie. There was fuzzy
2: splinter. Yeah. Like they looked like the movie when there was even a movie shredder. The material, the
1: rubber, it had like a sponginess. Not it had a sponginess but it also had a like grit. It had like a texture that felt realistic. And I was like, "Oh, this is really like this is what I would think they would feel like like right? what a
2: real Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle would right. feel like like this
1: is like what their skin's like this is just it right <laughs> yes uh, meanwhile
2: December 91 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 the Manhattan Project video game is released not for Nintendo movie. not the movie yeah
1: this is a, that does confuse people yes that, that's gaming. a common co- confusion is because the Tur- Turtles 3 video game the Manhattan yep. Project comes up but it's only on like NES just NES it's not a bad
2: game it's a sequel to it's like the NES sequel to the arcade it's game the for NES. NES
1: canon, yeah. yes,
2: and it's good. I've played it; I, yeah. I like it a lot. As we head on 1993, the animated series is still going, but overall, around this time, even I, as a kid, started to perceive that maybe the overall buzz and the popularity of the turtles has it was slid. Fading. It was fading by yeah. 93, right? And
1: 93 is when the Power Rangers come along. Too. Correct. So this, this to me, maybe some people don't want to hear this. But the Power Rangers were the like, they were the switch. The kids are moving the next to this generation. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And we were also getting a little bit older.
1: We were getting a little older, but we were As still kids. See, this is what I find so interesting about the Power Rangers. The specific time that it hit, we were still young enough to be into Power Rangers. But yes. the Turtles also existed. It was like this dividing point in our childhood. I right? think you're right. The Power Rangers were like perfectly timed. They're like, they're not more edgy, but they're just different. Right, Just so it's like thing. so it's like I'm getting tired of this turtles thing. I've been doing this since I was six. Now I'm eight or whatever. Yeah. Like I want, I want it's a to, long time when I, you're a kid. Yeah, and I'm like, I want new characters. And the Power Rangers really, yeah. for me, were like a big deal. Okay, fair right. enough. Uh, but that did not
2: stop everyone involved with the turtles from releasing the third movie, uh, March nineteenth, nineteen ninety-three. Again, one, uh, two years later this time. What, two a, we-
1: what a come down. See, that's this is the problem. Two years it took. Kid time that was like again, I, I was thinking about Super Shredder yeah. and all this shit. And, and then the Power Rangers years. came along, and I got Super Shredder every week in fucking Megazord. Yeah, right. It's like I don't even know if I need that anymore, right?
2: Before we talk about this movie again, full review one day. Yeah, did you see this in theaters? Because I did, I did too. Okay. So here's the biggest thing about this uh, third turtle movie, which is not subtitled "Turtles in Time." That's only the video game. There is no. That's subtitle. a
1: retroactive Mandela effect yeah. situation going it's, on. It's because it came out a little bit after. But the it Super also involves in time travel, so people are like, "Oh, Turtles in Time, Turtles Three.
2: Right. but it's not the same. Even though
1: Turtles Four, Turtles in Time, technically yes,
2: for Super Nintendo because yeah. it's four because three was Manhattan Project, right? And they but carried yeah, it over. But yeah, Manhattan Project came out like in ninety one. It's very, it's very stupid, yeah. all of it. But anyway. This movie stinks. Mm -hmm. There's no way around this one. This is a bad movie. This is terrible. It's a poorly written, poorly voice acted to a degree, poorly filmed for, except for the Japan scenes. I'll give it that. Poorly costumed movie. What are we doing this for? Day after day, practicing, killing ourselves for what? It is corny. It is strictly for kids and not even it for kids. It killed
1: the momentum. for Yeah, for young kids. It, it, killed, it the momen- killed the momentum. It totally wrecked the turtles in my eyes. April's got the short hair. It, yeah, That didn't even bother me as Paige much as, Turco. honestly. Okay, we start this movie up. And there's a <laughs> lot of potential. Casey Jones is back. The turtles are now fully like really feeling it in their new like lair, right? Like it's all decorated now. It's not cobwebs and shit. And it look again. I'm fairly confident they replicated the
2: portion of that set because it ain't the same. It's not the whole thing,
1: but what's cool is they're showing they use the train as like living quarters. And I always thought that was fucking awesome. Like I was like, like, this is this is just cool, right? Like all of this stuff. April's back, short hair, whatever, right? She, she. I just mentioned she's, it. it's she's, not she's bad. She's she's a working woman in the early '90s. That's the in Jill Taylor hair. That's yeah, all. No, no. That's all the rage, right? Sage Turco, so, right? So no I'm, I'm cool with all this, right? Yeah. And then suddenly they find like a a lamp that like goes back in time, <sighs> yeah. and I'm like,
2: April bought it. Like, what is this? Where's Shredder? Sale? Oh, Shredder's not in this movie.
1: Uh, this shit. That is, not in it either. I was like. Can't they, like, the whole time I'm, like, really hoping... I'm not kidding. When I was watching this movie, oh, me I too. was like, really hoping the twist was is that Shredder also traveled back and to like in Japan, fuck up the timeline yeah. or something, and that he's like the true final boss, but he's not there. No, not at all.
2: No, no this movie, folks, if you've <laughs> <never> <laughs> this seen is it, where they fucked up. They fucked it all up. There is no turtle villains that you've ever seen before. And by
1: the way, did they, why why is Krang? What happened? <sighs> like no this Krang. was this was the obvious escalation right. to Krang, Get right? Krang
2: the hell in here,
1: yeah. No Krang, no Shredder. Everyone, half of a Splinter. Those those were two minimum expectations by kids in 1993 or whenever this came out. Right,
2: 93. No Krang and Shredder. No Foot Soldiers. No Foot Soldiers. no No Baxter. Yeah. Bebop, Rocksteady, Rat King, no one, right? Yeah.
1: It's like the third movie. You'd think, oh wow, we could start like incorporating all these cool enemies, right? It's some British guy on a horse with birds and some like
2: stock Japanese characters. And then there's
1: that like fake pirate Casey Jones man. Wit (laughs) wit. And and then there's that stupid (laughs) fucking part when April is like captured on the ship and she looks at like a rat or something. She's like, oh, and you must be related to Splinter. And then there's like a a fade cut to Splinter to indicate, yes. like very overtly, that he is an ancestor of Splinter living in Japan because Splinter Master or whatever right. was from Japan, so obviously Splinter's like. Great grandpa or something is from is a Japanese. Japan. He's a Japanese rat, not a not an Amer-
2: Get out of here! It's horrible. Splinter looks like shit. He's yeah. like, it's not Kevin Clash. It's a different puppet. He's like Raphael. I don't like you. I whatever. hate it. He's
1: just there to say I made a funny at the end. That's his only freaking purpose. Like Elvis at Blue, Hawaii. Yeah.
0: Something deeply troubles you, my son. Hmm. Yeah. Yo, dude, huh? Just like Elvis in Blue Hawaii
1: Thing on his head, it's terrible uh, uh, Casey barely matters by the way He's babysitting the Japanese (laughs) men that (laughs) got like
2: Donnie, long time Leo, how's it going?
1: Hey Casey,
2: welcome back Hey Ralph, how'd your brain implant go, good? What? Funny Anyway, enough of this uh, camaraderie. When do we get together and bust of skulls.
1: Cause there's like a the, the basically the mechanism is that the traveling happens when like two uh, or like the same type of group or something are touching the it's lamp. Such bullshit. <laughs> it's like
2: a so convoluted <laughs> what and what horseshit. Like,
1: some other four people were touching the lamp. Like in some other time right. period at the same time. Right, I what know. If, I don't understand how this
2: works. It's What if the Rolling Stones were touching the lamp? Yeah. And they would have gone back in time. Also, the costumes are absolute dog shit. Oh, they're shit. These are not Henson. They look like
1: broken, and it's even known that the, the splinter costume was like half, half of finished. it-, it, it was it half-finished, or did they, like, lose part of it? Like, was it, like, the original, and they just, like, no. hacked it together That's to a get it to head. fucking
2: work? That's a whole different puppet. Because Henson owned it, I'm yeah. sure, the real one. These costumes look like latex. These look like there's men walking around in suits. It's hideous. Like, it's just, the animatronics are not good. Yeah. It, like, in the first two movies, especially the first movie, they're really realistic for the time. Yeah. These just look like people in rubber fucking suits. Yep. And... The lines, the scripts, sp-
1: it's Star Trek time. Like, come on. The nudge
2: by Donatello. The, nu- like,
1: the nudge like that's good. When he's <laughs>
2: like, you were expecting maybe the Adams Family?
1: Yeah. Hey, you were expecting maybe the Addams Family? <laughs> yeah. hey, maybe, uh, the Addams family? <laughs> mm, the uh, turtles are just like, they're just promoting other movies in their movie. They quote Wayne's World with the schwing. Horrible.
0: Schwing.
2: <laughs> this is what's disappointing and disheartening. Same Leonardo, same Michelangelo. Michelangelo's, like, the least effective. Like, he still seems like Michelangelo. Yeah. Well, because this
1: whole all fits Michelangelo
2: more so, because he's just a goof.
1: Leonardo's, like,
2: extra dorky. Yeah. Donatello is Corey Feldman again, but, like, somehow... All of the voice performances are so hammy. And yeah. Raphael... Rafael is his character st- is
1: just gone. He stinks. Like, he's just there. And the guy like, pl- he's not even edgy or any. He's a little tooty, but like it's not
2: good. And the guy playing him, Tim Kelleher, I think it is, is not even close to the previous two. It's he's all like,
1: fucking bad. Hey
2: Yoshi, I want to be your friend, little yeah. kid. You know, remember?
1: Oh, that kid. We have to have a kid named Yoshi. Yeah, you know that's because of Mario. Yes, like, I know why. <laughs>
2: It's all shitty, and again, one day, full review, so we don't want to get too carried away here. It was a bad blow to the franchise. Absolutely. It really was. Especially
1: with the cartoon was reeling by that point, right? It was, and they
2: made some changes to it, which I want to talk about in a second. But first, more video games. In the fall of 93 for Super Nintendo and Genesis, and in February of 94 for NES... Was Teenage
1: Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters? A lot of people retroactively like this. I think a lot of people grew up with this game because they, they got it. I thought it was okay. I like the Super Nintendo version. That's what I played the most. Yeah, I played it, but I wasn't. I didn't own it. I rented it a couple of times. Same.
2: <sighs> I mean, it was It was no Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. That was
1: the problem. Is because I also used to rent Street Fighter Two Turbo before Same. we just straight up bought it from the store. And Mortal Kombat Two, um, I used to play. Yeah. And so it was hard to pick between Street Fighter Two Turbo. And this, this like, is not it was as good. like they don't have E Honda and, right. and Guile in them. And good Thailand, and, and, and Ken, yeah, and, yeah.
2: So more of a decline in popularity. The toys are not as hot as they once were mm-hmm. by this point. The animated show they made some changes, and I don't think I was even
1: watching it by ninety four. I don't remember watching it by. I didn't even. I don't even know if I knew it was on by now because right. the Power Rangers. Fully took over for fully you. Fully right? yeah. took over. I mean, the Green Ranger saga was yeah. going on, and you know. I know, I got you. And not to mention in cartoon land, like Toonami was starting to, you know, get started in '95 ish. Right. Yeah. I was also watching like syndicated
2: sitcom reruns by then a real lot. Like, honestly, Full yeah. House and, and Home Improvement and yeah, I was watching Seinfeld. Yeah. So there's the last three seasons of the original animated, which is '94 to '96, are known as the Red Sky series. Um, And the reason for that is because they decided, well, you know, Batman the Animated Series is very gritty, but still really for kids series. Critically acclaimed, too. Critically acclaimed. It was
1: actually very, a big deal when
2: it came out, the Batman Animated Series. Well, taking some inspiration from that, they kind of semi-overhauled. The Turtles uh, for the last three seasons. I mean,
1: it was in vogue to be what Batman was yep. because it did win. Did it win like an Emmy? I remember it won some prestigious it shit it like had, the, the, that Batman series. It, like they was really highly acclaimed by really like real blamed. TV people, yeah, right? It was really well done. Only eight episodes per
2: season for the last three seasons. Eight. Uh, so that's 24 total. And what they did, and I wasn't watching, so I had to look into this because I really didn't see it. The Turtles didn't joke around as much. Michelangelo didn't talk about pizza anymore. They they looked more serious.
0: How are we going to stop Leonardo before the Big Bang? Well, if we can get the chemicals Dreg used on Leonardo, we can defuse him and possibly stabilize his mutation.
2: The sky was always red. Shredder at one point just disappears for an entire season. Different guy takes over the voice also. James Avery's not there anymore.
0: Have you completely taken leave of your senses, Krang?
2: And it kind of just quietly fades away in 1996. Huh. And that's the last bastion of the original, the original series, Playmates funded or, you know, recommended series. However, in 1997, and we're going to skim here, folks, and I'm going to tell you why we're going to skim.
1: Because this is, this is the, it's just not, they're not as big
2: anymore. Well, it's not only that. By this point, I'm 12 years old. I'm not watching the Turtles. Yeah. I'm not going to have pretended to grown up with the rest of this stuff.
1: And here's the thing, Joe, is I don't think that's like an unpopular thing. Because... Kids born in the probably the mid eighties, maybe like the, us, yeah, like yeah, like <laughs> us. Turtles was they were our superheroes, right? In The early nineties, and when we aged out of them, that was the prime audience. There wasn't new kids coming in, like you know, no, because the the, time, because no. the cartoon was fading away, right? At that time, right? So they really faded away with their audience. At Does the, that make sense? Yeah, and it took quite
2: some time before they built a new one, right? Of newer kids. The first attempt at that was 1997's live-action series, Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation. Skimming through this, folks. September 97, May of 98. You're gonna bust your noggin, Leo. No, Mikey, I'm gonna break the bricks.
1: One season, 26 episodes. There's only one notable thing about this fucking thing, right?
2: Well, it's made by
1: Saban. It's made by Saban. Which would mean? Which means that Power Rangers in Space, which, listen... I should. Here comes Quinn to defend it. I had fallen out of Power Rangers. However, <laughs> I remember coming home from school one day. I'm probably like 10 or something. You would have been 11, 12. 11, 12, right? I still tangentially cared about the Power Rangers just because it's like, you know, it's only like a year or something since I probably faded out of them, right? Because your childhood is so brief. <laughs> so it's like. You're telling me. Right? Part of me wanted to, like, maybe the Power Rangers are good again, right? I turned on this Power Rangers in space <laughs> and I was very impressed because Power Rangers in space, unlike Turtles, unlike all this shit, was done more like anime where yeah, yeah. each episode piled onto the next. It was continuing. Yeah, it was serial. Continu- yeah. It was It was very interesting because mm-hmm. I didn't think they would do that with those kind of shows, right? And so I just got hooked on Power Rangers in space because I wanted to know what would happen at the end because there was like characters and stories and shit, right? In the midst of this, Why I'm bringing it up randomly, there's a crossover episode with the turtles from the other turtles thing. Yep. And I was like, this is amazing. You want Rangers? You got to go through turtles. Mutants? Well, at least you got that right. It's time for some shell shock. And it kind of fulfilled a little dream of mine to see the Turtles get to tag team with the Power Rangers. Okay. And I was like, that was the, ol- that to me, that was the last cool thing the Turtles did, to okay. be quite
2: honest with you. Fair enough. Uh, it did introduce Venus, the female turtle, based on Venus yes. de Milo, because the Renaissance art. Uh, Leonardo had a double-bladed sword, one, instead of the katana. Mikey had, like, batons. No April O'Neil in the series. No Casey Jones in the series. And the weirdest thing, Quinn, the Turtles are not related. What? They're just four random Turtles that all fell in
1: the sewer That's together. That's dumb. I- <laughs> That's just dumb. I agreed. Um, that is so. stupid. But I'll give it credit for one little thing. Yes. I thought at the time that we would never see live action Turtles again. The fact that That's they true. went for it and on a TV show, I got to give them credit just for trying. It's a right? good stopgap. And, and yeah. from what I saw when they crossed over and some of the limited episodes I saw, I was like, they don't look this horrible. Is, this is okay. It's like okay. I, This is fine for TV. Yep. You know, like.
2: Now, I do want to mention this one. I didn't watch it, so I'm saying this flat out. That's I'm just giving you the facts that I know about it. I didn't watch mm-hmm. it. Maybe some of our listeners did because it, it, we have younger listeners. The 2003 to 2009 animated series, uh, which was simply known as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, kind of a reboot. Well, right? I remember.
1: Yeah, from, go ahead. From, from, I didn't watch it, but I saw some of the animation. And I was immediately like, no. Okay. And I was like, Fair what, enough. what the hell is this? Like, This does not look like it. Well, I've thought the same thing. But I was
2: also, again, 18 when this came out, so I wasn't going to watch it. Yeah,
1: but, okay, can I just interfere as, like, we're kind of nerdy or whatever. Didn't a little bit of you hurt your heart to see them, like, look like that? Like, even as an older... It's like, that's our thing. They're, like, ruining it or whatever. Like, that's how I felt, at least. Nah, I didn't feel
2: that way. I was just like, oh, this isn't for me anymore. But from what I understand about this show, and again, I want to hear from you guys, anyone that did watch this one... It was very well-received, well-regarded. It was darker. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Less kid-ish than the original animated series, closer All to the comics. animation was trying
1: to do that around that time, too. It was like, let's make it more edgy. It right? was in
2: vogue. Now, one thing I do know about and I looked into is the finale of the series was known as a, a TV movie, Turtles Forever, in 2009. And this was a crossover with the 1987 counterparts.
1: Good. And it wasn't... No, was, you mean the real Turtles? The real Turtles. Like, Dude, are you saying... I'm saying the Technodrome's trans-dimensional portal might have zapped us all to a different world. This Shredder of yours, he's here too?
2: It wasn't the same voice cast they used, like, sound-alikes. I uh, couldn't get them. Obviously. You know, couldn't pay them. But that is one thing I know about it. And then there was the 2007 quasi-sequel to the second movie known as a uh, T. M-N-T, the CGI movie. Does this have
1: Megan Fox in it or no, something? No, that's in
2: 2014. Sorry. Uh, which also was something that I tried, and I was like, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the 2007 movie was not highly regarded. Yes. And, and did not fare well. More video games came out of that. Remember, for like PS3
1: around that But these weren't, time? again, they weren't by Konami. Like, no. They were somebody else. Right. Now, later... In fact, only like a year or two ago, Shredder's Revenge came out, yes. which was just like, "Oh my god, that's it's, for it's our generation!" Fucking amazing, yeah. like, yeah, like, that's for us. This though. is like, this feels like Turtles Five, right? Like, right. this is like the game I've been waiting yes, for. But that's for us.
2: Yeah, uh, there was a 2012 to 2017 animated series that I did not watch, obviously, and a 2018 to 2020 prequel series known as Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And apparently there's a new one coming out based on the newest movie. So we'll have to see what happens with that. reason I'm bringing that up is just to give you guys the idea that even though we have well aged out of it, there are certain generations of kids there that are still watching this stuff. It is still selling. It
1: is still important to kids. So I'll say this. All these other turtles, I think the one thing, the failure here... I do feel like the Turtles, because of the generation that mm-hmm. they they struck in, right? Yeah. There was an opportunity that I feel like has been missed to make them like Marvel or something like that. To make them on that level where, as an adult, mm-hmm. you can watch the movie with your kid or even if you don't have kids, but like you care, you care about them because of the memories and the nostalgia, Right. And I feel like nothing other than that video game that came out has never truly captured that. Right. Like, I think you're right. Like, and and it feels like it's a missed opportunity because of just the, the turtles that they hit again, a certain generation at a certain time in their lives where that, This could have been like a franchise, right? Like, this could have been a much bigger deal. Well, I think... In the long term, not the short term. See, I think it was a very big deal, though, Quinn. Do you not? Well... I mean, honestly. No, I do, but I don't think it's at the level of Spider-Man or Batman or any of that shit. No. And that's where I say, with the stuff in the 2000s, I feel like they hurt the brand of making it a longevity thing, right? Right. I, d- like that, I get your okay. You know I what I'm saying like uh like a legacy series that they could just make a summer blockbuster about the turtles. Like and and like they like they do with every other Marvel thing, right? They
2: could but we'll have to see what becomes of this uh this latest movie. It's too early to tell. I, I'm not expecting much. I asked my son, I have a 6-year-old. I was like, "Do you want to see that?" He's like, "No." Yeah, so- he didn't
1: even want. And that's my point. It's like it, it, it's just I feel like they lost and, they lost something, right? And by the way, it's not because he doesn't know who the turtles right, are. Right, because he knows you gave him
2: the figures and everything. He has the figures. He's watched a little... He watched a, a chunk of the first movie with me. Okay. Which, I don't know if this. right. He's a
1: little be. young to get that first movie. You were well, watching um, it
2: at the same age?
1: Maybe that's... Yeah, but it's probably because the cartoon was just... True, I, I was, point. like, indoctrinated with, like, that crap, right? Yep. So, listen,
2: listen. We could go on here. But we want you guys to go on and... By that we mean go on Facebook and join our yes. group, and uh, go on Twitter Dimension X at AWM Podcast, and let us know what you think of the Turtles. Your memories. What did you watch? What didn't you watch? What did you like? Which video games? Which movies? What's your opinions? The Turtles are ubiquitous still, though, to this day. Yeah, but they Quinn, remembered. Quinn's point is that maybe they could have even greater ubiquity. Yeah, I'm just saying that. Like, I,
1: I think if it was handled in the early 2000s a little bit better. Okay, that maybe your son wouldn't be saying, I don't want to see that. You know what I mean? Uh, one way or another,
2: though, the Turtles were uh, a huge part of our childhoods, many right. people's childhoods, and that's what we want to hear and that's what we tried to establish. here was just a timeline of events because there was a lot to digest. And again, we may give you that first movie right here on this feed yeah. in a little bit. So Stay tuned for that. Obviously, next week, we're coming back for something completely different. Oh, absolutely different. You it guys does. know that. But until that time, be sure to follow us and join the group. Leave us a review if you don't mind. One way or another, kick some shell. Till next week, I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn and Calabunga. See ya. Like what you heard? Be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next
0: week.